Hi, this is Brandon Peterson, host of tonight's Sing Second College Football Podcast, Episode 3. It's been a while since the crew's been together, so we had a lot of things to talk about, and our podcast went a little bit longer this episode. With that in mind, uh, we also feel strongly about this being one of our best podcast broadcasts yet. So uh, we hope you enjoy the episode and you stay with it and uh, listen to the end because we think it will not disappoint. And with that said and done, we're now ready to start the episode. Hey everybody, this is Seeing Second Podcast and this is Brandon hosting tonight for us. And all I have to say to kick us off with, college football championship, yeah. That wasn't on the script. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of caught me off so guard. So that's a new one right there. Sorry about good that. Good start. No, good start. So today we're... Is that we're, our new theme song? <laughs> yeah, it might be. We might break that into it. So uh, today we're, we're going to be focusing on the natty, the ship, the bag of marbles, the whole ball of wax, the whole thing. And uh, thanks so much to all of you for listening to us. We appreciate it. Remember, you can listen to us on Scene Second on podcast.com, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on social media at Twitter at Scene Second. We've been going on a little recruiting signing spree. Hopefully you people like those commitment letters that you've been getting and as far as you guys take us is kind of how the show will go. So you're you followers out there, you're like our recruiting class, right? Kind yeah, of, kind of the first one class. ever. We got a good bunch of recruits. All hopefully this one pans out better than uh, the Maurice Washington class. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> so with some blue chippers out there. Also, uh, we have it on let's see, what which one did we just say? Twitter. And then also on Facebook and on Instagram, we're at Seeing Second Pod. And as always, you can email us at Seeing Second Podcast at gmail.com. All right. And uh, last week, Danny called out our followers and said, hey, we'd appreciate it if some of you would get a hold of us or text us out if, you, uh, if you're listening at the end. And so did you want to go ahead? Up? No, keep going. So I, I have on here, we have thanks to Dawes, Josh, and Maggie from North Platte. Thanks to Courtney from Omaha and Mike from Valentine. So thanks for Heart those City. people who did it. Yeah. And I've got, a, uh, I've got a Mitchell from Denver as well. Yeah. Anybody else have any of that? Text it out. Cool. All right. So those, we appreciate you all listening for that. Also... On Twitter, well, on all the social medias, we, we have a shirt sale going on from last week's famous Mike incident. Debacle. <laughs> you know, like how every sitcom has like, oh, whatever episode, like episode two or three, episode two, two. was the mic, was the turn on the mic episode. So you could get a piece of that broadcasting history from two-time award-winning radio broadcaster, Andy, and get a shirt. These are extremely limited edition. It has and, my uh, face on it, if that's worth anything. And a couple of other guys. And I mean anything. We'll see. Means a lot. Means if a you lot. like Sing Second, or if you like Top Gun, or if you like Tom Cruise, or if you like Andy, or if you just like anything 
for that matter. Like liking things. Or gray t-shirts. Or shirts, yeah. I guess. Yeah, shirts. That you all wear well. shirts. <laughs> Come on and get one of these. You need, you need several, all right? So uh, this is a little bit of a before I go on here. So I always wanted this. If you, you know, like you can look at those color wheels and how they gradually change. You know what I mean? Like, and it goes yeah. from one color to another. So it's like red to off red to pretty soon it's purple. Oh, right. And then, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. What if somebody every day, every day of the year, they wore a color that was one 365th day different of a color and just wore that shirt all the time. And then everybody would say, hey, that person always has like the same shirt. But anytime they're photographed, they'd be like, it'd oh, be just slightly yeah, different. it's all different colors. Yeah, from day one, it'd be a red shirt and day 365, it'd be a purple shirt. But day to day, you would never yeah. know the yeah. difference. You would yeah. just know like in the yearbook and stuff. That'd be an interesting thing to test out on your eyeballs. I honestly yeah. don't know if it'd be that interesting, <laughs> but. <laughs> it'd be kind of a weird thing, but our shirts are only available in gray. So I guess there goes, you can't do that. But if you do laundry, how I do, sometimes it comes out in different <laughs> colors. But you have to sort that kind of stuff, apparently. But there's not much time left on those shirts. So get onto those sites or email us or direct message us or text us or whatever and let us know. And we can. It's, it to seems to me like we had some big talkers, some guys that before these shirts went on sale said, man, I can't wait to get me a sink second oh, shirt. Oh, one in particular. And then now we have these shirts for sale and we keep looking at the sales and Chrome dog and, and some of these people who, who talked a big game beforehand getting a little tight with the purse strings here. So they're like $11. Yeah. Now is your chance. Now is your chance. Can Christmas cash. Gosh darn right. Ta tax returns coming back pretty soon. I mean, pretty soon everybody will just have cash flowing in like yeah. crazy. This is couch cushion money, guys. This isn't, this isn't even fast food money. This is cow. Couch cushion money. You can find it anywhere in your house. Dang right. So with that all being said, Kyle, what's good? Here's my what's good. My what's good is uh, sleeping in your own bed. Mm. How, how, many, how many days have we been off of, of work? It's been about two weeks, right? Yeah. So let's just say it's been 14 days. I think I've slept in my own bed for three of them. Between <laughs> traveling for holidays, traveling for... For odds and ends things, coaching things, yeah, three days out of two weeks. So uh, what's good is hopefully tonight I can sleep in my own bed. But uh, since I'm recording this podcast after being gone for three straight days, my lovely wife might not even let me sleep in my <laughs> own bed tonight. So uh, here's to sleeping in your own bed, and uh, that's what's good on mine. Good luck. End. Good luck. Andy. Andy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Just kidding. Kyle. Kyle. Andy, what's good? Well, we're already off to a better start than we were in last episode. The mic is on. So that's what's good. The mic is on. And let me triple check that. Yep, still on. Um, shoot, first podcast of the year. Kind of crazy to say. Let's go. Nice crazy. turnover. Haven't done this thing for an entire yeah. year. Yeah. Danny, what's good? There's a lot that's good. Uh, but what's on my mind right now is I've been impressing myself for the last couple weeks with my handyman skills. Um, they're incredibly weak. I put a toilet paper dispenser in, a towel rack, uh, a doorknob. I switched out a doorknob, and then uh, I moved and mounted two televisions. So every time I accomplish a little goal like that, I just sit back and, and feel impressed. Um, with that said, don't ask me to help you out with anything because 
that's the uh, limits of my skills. But once I got the TVs mounted, um, flipped them on, and was watching ESPN, and what comes up? Masters commercial. You guys seen the Masters commercials yet? I haven't yet? seen it yet. That's one of my favorite parts of the year because you kind of get over the holidays. You're feeling a little down because Christmas time is over. Football's over. And football is nearing its end, although we could talk about Wild Card Weekend. That's another what's good. Um, we're, we are one. recording this Saturday night, and we already had an amazing uh, finish with the Houston Texans game. Not quite sure what's going on with the Patriots, but I hope they're losing. Uh, but back to the Masters, you just see that green grass. Uh, you see the azaleas, the dogwoods. And just kind of gets me excited for springtime and, and watching the Masters. So uh, that's what's good over here. Real quick, how many how many YouTube videos did it require you to watch to do all those manly things? Zero. I bought a new drill. I was excited about that. Is that's that like, your first drill? Uh, I had a battery one, but it was kind of a piece of junk. So um, got one that just plugs right into the wall. Um, but what I've found out is all that stuff. Um, you just search out the instructions and it comes up and you don't even have to have the hard copy of instructions. And so me being around 40 years old and uh, not very, you know, technologically advanced right now, I'm pretty impressed with myself by finding those instructions online. I had a first drill joke, but I figured I'd keep it a little bit more PG-13 to start with. So Thank you. Just, just know that I had one in the chamber and I decided not to... Not to throw it out there. We'll take that one off air. Anything good with you, Brandon? Well, I tell you what, the old Rose Bowl parade was on uh, New Year's Day, and I didn't watch it because instead I watched the 120th year anniversary of the Mummers Parade, which is the longest folk parade in American history. And as I was watching this thing, it's in Philadelphia, and... Uh, I was like, oh, I'll check this thing out. And it's almost like watching game day because these people run to the camera and everything. And they're wearing their crazy different colors and they have their signs they're hanging up in the air and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, watching this thing, it's kind of like the beginning to game day with each one of the different groups. So, yeah. What was the name of that parade? No it's idea called The Mummers. The Mummers. The Mummers, yeah. It's kind of what a historical a, thing. And I don't want to repeat any of it because I am – not accurate with. Is history. it like a religious group? It sounds like a religious group it or something. It probably could have uh, stemmed from that a little bit, okay. I suppose, quite possibly. But from what I gather, like it started a long time ago, like when the. Oh yeah, apparently British, 120 years. Yeah, 120 years. And actually, it went on before that. I think they took it away for a while because they were firing guns into the air, and for a <laughs> while, uh, people were getting hurt, and so it was illegal for a while. But uh, so 120 consecutive years now but they used to dread like when the british were coming like uh influential british people and they dressed crazy you know uh to welcome them and then like the americans were kind of dressing ridiculous to kind of poke fun at them rebels you know? yeah so anyway that's kind of like where it started from so yeah, it wasn't too bad it was, it's old and it's edgy i like it remind like me it. It. remind me next year and i'll remember to not watch it all righty I'll, I'll record it for you <laughs> So, yeah, that's what's good for me. So moving on here, uh, we've wrapped up college football playoffs. Well, the, you know, the playing games, what, whatever you want to call them, and a whole bunch of bowl games. And the crazy thing is uh, we had it to where there was three undefeated teams. So it's like, hey, there's, this playoff worked perfect. 
we can make it through these games without any controversy whatsoever. No controversies. Everything will go smooth through the bowl games and all that kind of stuff. Um, and before I turn it to you guys, uh, I have on here at Davis Boykin and at Coco9700. 2210. We're pretty excited that LSU made it and uh, and won their games. And I want to give them a shout out for responding on the old Twitterverse and that kind of stuff. But uh, I just want to get all your thoughts of bowl one of those games, sounds like playoffs, a bot. All that kind of stuff with all the numbers and stuff. Could Is be. that a real thing? Yeah, real person? Like, seem pretty real. Oh, seem pretty okay. real. All right. Check it out. I'll put a name on there. All righty. So sorry. No, that's good. So what? Uh, What's your thoughts about the Bulls, the, any of these long events of the games? It could be from the standings. Kyle is a dominant force with these bull pickums. I was on the very opposite end of that spectrum, but still better than the coin. Yeah, coin so, fell off. Thank God. Thank you. We probably – do we have the updated standings I'll, with I'll, us? I'll get to them. I know that Kyle's in the lead, yep, and he's, yep. he had a nice role. He has the longest streak. I think he had nine games in a row in the middle of there okay. somewhere. But. Should have took you to Vegas. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, I'll start with my thoughts real quick. Uh, two games surprised me, and after watching them, I should try and get on the bandwagon that these should not be surprises. Uh, the first one's the obviously Minnesota fighting flex. Yep. Um, I wanted to assume Auburn was just going to impose their big SEC linemen, their dominance, and they did not. Minnesota's good, um, man. P.J. Fleck did a great job post-game saying that their offensive coordinator, uh, who was an interim, first game, first time calling a game uh, that year, maybe even in his career, I don't even know, but he gave him props because he called the whole game by himself and was able to beat one of the better teams in the SEC. I guess we did talk about that a couple times ago about we didn't know if Auburn was a good, bad team or a bad, good team, so maybe that's not. Just, just, And this might be a reoccurring theme here. Uh, who is the only one that had the Minnesota Gophers in that game? Um, I think I did. I think I had them. You, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> the, the, the south side. The, Which, the, who were you thinking was the only one? The north side of the table, apparently. I did think I was the only one. I did think I was the only one. Auburn's not bad, though. I mean, that, that was a good game, and I will say Minnesota is good, and they're yeah. fun to watch. And – it was interesting. I stand by my P.J. Fleck comments. A little comments, respect for P.J. Fleck, no. I think. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, then the second game was the old Texas Longhorns over uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Not the Georgia Bulldogs. Who they play? Utah. Utah Utes, the other red team. I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, for those. Also had that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wanted pick. to, but I didn't. Do we need to pause and but. just have Kyle read every pick that he got right? <laughs> yes, we well, probably should. Well, let's, let's at least get to the standing so that <laughs> way people kind of know – who to actually listen to here. Uh, overall standings. Now, this is prior to uh, the games that happened on January 2nd. So there's a few games that we could add in here. Uh, so this is through 35 games. Brandon comes in at a respectable 21 and, and 14. Uh, Danny uh, in second place at 24 and 11. I'm good with that. Andy kind of on his heels at 22 and 13. Uh, but yeah, it, it all comes down to uh, me being in the lead at 25 and 10. So there's a couple of games in there I'll get to here in a little bit that did kind of kind of irked me a little bit because I could have been on one hell of a run if, if a few games had gone my way. But uh, sad to say the coin has, has fallen off 13 and 22. So Loser. We, we all kind of ducked that bullet of the coin actually beating us. So 
Andy, I'll, I'll continue. Or yeah. I'll let you continue, yeah. I should say. So now, I may not have picked Texas in the old bull pick em, but I think Kyle and Brandon can attest. I was wearing my Texas Longhorn shirt the night of the, the game, as long as well as my old good old Texas Longhorn KDs. Gross. So I was I was rooting for the Longhorns. I just didn't really think they were going to win. But that's two straight years where they go seven and five or whatever, and then upset a team that was a win away from being in the college fo- football playoffs. So maybe it's motivation on the team that just missed the playoffs, but maybe it's Texas Longhorns saying, hey, we really want to challenge, and we're going to go 500, maybe a little over 500, and then beat somebody who was almost in the playoffs. Do you think they're good? Are they a good team? They have obviously got the talent for one game, but they just don't care about losing to almost losing to Kansas. I don't know. So, and again, and, and I know, and we'll get into some Alabama talk here in a little bit, I'm sure, but can we ever really say that Texas beating Utah is an upset? It doesn't like just, sound like it. In name no. brand, it, it's not an upset. So I don't I don't even think that is an upset. I've, I bet if you were to compare talent to talent, if you go back to recruiting standings, I, d- I doubt Utah would come out as, as the presumptive favorite. So they had a better year, but I'm not ever going to call Texas over Utah an upset. They weren't favored to win. That's true. Pac-12 had a bad showing overall, you know, in the, in the playoffs. You had... Washington State losing to Air Force. You had had it. Cal losing to <laughs> Illinois. Cal Illinois. No, Cal, no, Cal Illinois. beat Illinois. Had it. Oh yeah, Cal did beat Illinois. I think USC Big, Big losing Iowa. That's right. That's right. But no, and then I just had a. It was fun watching some good games. The Ohio State Clemson game, Wisconsin Oregon game. Those were both iconic games. Um, and then watching just the last twenty minutes of Navy Kansas State, where it looked like Kansas State was going to pull away. The Navy threw a little halfback pass to seal the win, so it's kind of cool too. Good game. Some good misdirection good in that misdirection. game. Should we? Do you guys just want to talk about sort of the general bowl game thoughts, and then maybe get to the semifinals? Yeah, I, that works. That. I like yeah. it. So my, my big takeaway is that I did the most research uh, heading into bowl season that I've ever done, and it was very little research. Uh, like read a couple articles and, and then made my picks. Uh, but it just goes to show that uh, it's not too hard to beat a coin. We all did that pretty easily. Uh, so my thought is maybe y- next year. Have two coins? Nope. We oh. play against Vegas. So we take whoever Vegas thinks is the favorite. That's Vegas's pick. Mm. And then we make our picks and we, and we see kind of who. Because I was just curious. Take a picture of that and so I'm, we save that. And I'm sure, you know, you could look it up. But, like, how have, how have the results gone based on who Vegas thought would win or who, who they had favorited. Um, so that might be something for next year, uh, if we're still around doing this, which Season I hope. two, here we come. <laughs> yeah, so this is season one. Does season two start right before bowl season next year? It's a good question. We'll have to talk about that one. We'll hash yeah. that out. That, that sounds like an off-air conversation, <laughs> okay. Andy. Yeah, sorry to bring up things that you, know, you guys should think about, but uh, – <laughs> My other thought was that just what I kind of kept coming back to, and I know Kyle would have told us that this was going to be the case ahead of time, but Big Ten teams are pretty strong. Um, As you're watching this unfold, uh, we're not the SEC. SEC is 7-2 in bowl games, I think, uh, going into yesterday. But I guess coming from the perspective of a Husker fan, I don't feel quite as bad about the Husker season. Um, Looking at 
some of the results of these games. Uh, Iowa over USC, pretty good win. Uh, we'll talk about Ohio State in a bit, but they came out dominating Clemson. Um, Illinois, who everyone thought was supposed to be garbage going into our game with them, uh, kept it pretty close with Cal. Indiana had a good season. They were a strong team, near win over Tennessee. Um, Wisconsin, they probably should have won that game, wouldn't you say? That's a hot take right there. What? Wisconsin should have won the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I think they should have won the Rose Bowl. How, how is that a hot take? I just – they had – Three turnovers. Turno- four yeah. turnovers. Four turnovers. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, mistakes. Statistic-wise, like, eye test-wise, if you just watched nothing but the plays and forgot the results, they should have won. That, that was a really good They game. outgained them. That's how Oregon played all year, though. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, this team does absolutely nothing for like a Minimal. Half, second half. Somehow just... Stuff. We had a we had a text uh, message going during that game, and uh, we were talking about coaches and who so, some of our favorite coaches are. And I don't I know nothing about uh, Crystal Ball, but I'm I'm curious and interested uh, in him to see how he he goes moving forward. And then of course uh, to finish my point, Minnesota over Auburn. Um, Minnesota that that's a really good team, and and just as a whole, I think that the big Big Ten had a pretty good showing, and it might just bring me a little bit of comfort uh, as a Husker fan. Yeah, I'd, I went pretty heavy on the Big Ten in my picks, and just because I did feel pretty confident that the teams that I was watching week in and week out were, were strong. I really think it's the SEC, it's the Big Ten, and then it's everybody else a long ways behind. And I, I think that's been kind of proven here. I don't know if you can look at the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or the ACC and really point to any signature wins. I mean, with the Pac-12, Oregon State finished like halfway up the rankings. That's all I need to know about the Pac-12. They went four and five in conference. Yeah, so, and I, I don't know, again, coming from a Husker fan, Danny almost seems kind of optimistic. And I kind of look at it and kind of say to myself, geez, there's – there's a lot of people ahead of us that we have to start kind of catching in. Oh, look at our schedule for next year, too. Well, I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you were, we came into the Big Ten, and when they kept realigning the conferences from the legends to whatever they were called <laughs> now to the more traditional East West, and you kind of see the West, and you're like, all right, it, it's us and it's Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's kind of that boogeyman. For us, because again, they they dominate us every single time out. But then now you look, and obviously Iowa has kind of taken us behind the woodshed, and, and now Minnesota seems to have jumped us. We're we're kind of sitting fourth here in just our own division, and that's not even counting having to scramble to beat Illinois, uh, which was a team again. If you kind of think about in terms of just name recognition, we should continually be higher than so. I'm almost a little bit more negative thinking, geez, I sure hope this recruiting class is as good as they right. make it up to be. So I know we're not, a, we're not a Nebraska podcast, but just real quick, what's a good season for Nebraska next year then? Make, get to a bowl game? I think the, the watermark is the Bo Pelini 8-4 because if you're going to run a guy out at 8-4 and four, year after year after year, then that's the watershed mark on determining a good year and a bad year. Like Making a bowl game is nice, but – Again, I don't think that Nebraska fans are going to be fine with a six and six bowl game. If you were in La- if you're in Vegas and the over under wins for Nebraska next year was seven and a half, we- you couldn't with, take the over with the schedule. No, I, t- I I would probably talk myself into it. 
but no, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be smart money. But just being the fan that I would, I'd I'd put a, a few shekels on the over just to to have it going. I like a winning season bowl game, and then end of the year, that team is better than the one that started off the season. You know what I mean? For it's not where you want to be as a Husker fan, but it's just it's a state of current state of affairs. Now me, you know. I had one group of friends that I – and there is a group of four just similar to ours that when we made it to the Big Ten Championship, we all tried – maybe a few college – That's not a firm tie-down. Just a couple classes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. you can well, you we, can get away. We all graduated, so <laughs> obviously it wasn't. Uh, but we, we went away. We watched them get smoked. But it was honestly one of the best trips I ever went on. And – just because we were in the moment, everybody said, hey, this is something we got to keep doing. Like every bowl game Nebraska goes to, th this is going to be our guy's trip. What kind and, of trips you been on lately? And Well, none. But since, since that, and this was back in whatever year it was, uh, I have actually been to three or four of the Huskers bowl games. Uh, combined, the other three of my friends that all were in this pack with me have combined for zero. So... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to kind of put this out there to you guys as part of uh, the listeners being kind of the backbone here. Anybody interested? Bowl game, Husker Bowl game, we, we try to go to it. Pinstripe Bowl. Any bowl. Be a lot of it's the Pinstripe Bowl. I'm yeah, but this, this has to be a commitment of like whether it's in Orlando, whether it's in Nashville, Tennessee, or Memphis, Tennessee. Do we have this, something? This is like here? a presidential debate when they ask them all a question like, yes or no, what do you think? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, can can we get some buy-in here? We're, I'd rather we're, just watch them at home. We're I, a college. <laughs> all right, there's, I'll there's be the buy-in. Light, com, light commitment. I got to check my schedule <laughs> yeah, and like a couple bank accounts. Yeah, uh, Brandon. Same, same here too. Yeah. So I guess this concludes the the sing second <laughs> podcast. Though nobody wants to go to a bowl game featuring. I'd be the, more likely to go to a conference championship than a bowl. You know, just what you never know with holiday travels. And, it's true. Regardless, I guess that was a crash and burn. I'll lick my wounds here. The look of disappointment yeah. on Kyle's We're supposed face to be right a, a national brand say, here, and it's definitely we good. can't even get these these hicks yeah. from the sticks out of the state of Nebraska. I guess if that. If they make it to the Lincoln Bowl. Yeah, if, that, yeah. if, that, yeah. if, that, if the we Huddle the Bowl in Lincoln, Nebraska ever I'd shows up, maybe, maybe we'll be able just to do a live remote from Pals or something. Sorry for the big letdown, but I mean. It's just a quick yes, and everybody forgets it 40 seconds after they hear it. And this is the guy that's worried about if he's going to sleep in his bed tonight because he's been gone for so long, and then he broke away to record a podcast. But Well, and chances are... He's going to the Bahamas Bowl next year, baby. <laughs> chances are we're still going to have holiday tournaments, and, and I'm going to try to fit this into that busy schedule, so... Uh, honey, I might be gone even more next year, with or without these other three miles. He's making a very firm commitment to travel next year over the over Well, the see, and my wife's actually supportive. She might actually come with me. So uh, I guess I guess maybe I'll do my next podcast with All her. Right. Sing second family trip to hopefully New York City next year. Yeah, I like it. Bunch of light commitments. Yep. I like it. Well, a few of my bold picks, if it's my turn, I don't know if it is. If I had a couple more things. But. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my big things for the bowl takeaway, like the military academies that made it to the bowl games, just with the name Sing Second, that was pretty cool. 
with the Air Force win. Uh, it was super late, you know, but it was it was an exciting game for them. They played really hard and, and played well. And then uh, with Navy, that was such a physical game. And um, I know at the end, at WKS, Farm Wife is a Kansas State fan, uh, but she has to be pretty proud at the end. During the sing-second moment, the Kansas State players all over on the Navy side uh, singing their fight song together at the end. I thought there was great sportsmanship with that game. Uh, also during it, T. Scotch 4, at T. Scotch 4, I uh, was wondering about what the uh, pass attempt number was going to be for the game and what the over-under for rushing. And with those kind of games, you never know. Both teams are going to run it. They may not get a lot of rushing yards uh, just because the time of possession is so important for both teams. It's going to limit their uh, possessions and that kind of thing. Um, other thing I liked seeing was the uh, other responses on Twitter. So we had one at C66ED028D9814D7. That's, that's not a person. That's, no. that's DC in the house. Yeah, yeah, DC in the house. Oh, okay. he, he had sent us a message on there and was wondering who to uh, cheer for, Tide or the khaki pants. And then also to offer some condolences to at James T. Ayers at the loss of the Oklahoma Sooners in their game. So Big Sooner fan. Taking, uh, taking us up to the Husker fan playoffs. and Sooner fan. Do you guys have anything for the playoffs you guys want to Well, real talk quick, because I, I do oh, think – No, I thought the Kansas State thing was really cool. My question is, and maybe it's out of ignorance because I don't know it, is the Navy fight song something that everybody knows? Like, how does everybody or how do even a few guys on the Kansas State team walk you, over there and actually sing? Typically, like, it, I haven't been to – I've only been to one Navy game, an Army-Navy Army game, but then, like, uh, a couple of Army Air Force games. And I know, like, at the end, they'll usually put the words to the songs oh, okay. up on the Jumbotron. So I don't know if they did that for that bowl game. Because I was wondering, like, are the, are the K-State players, like – prepping to lose so like their coach was like hey guys i don't like our chances here but i think a really yeah. cool moment that I don't that that'll thing. take up some get some publicity nationally is if once we do lose if we can all go over there and be arm in arm with our with our armed well, forces brothers plus you sing they sing the other team song first so either way yeah. you'd know the words i got you. what i used to do in choir was i would just like <laughs> mouth it they said if you if you mouth the word watermelon over and over it looks like you're singing so maybe they got that tip swing low sweet chariot watermelon watermelon <laughs> watermelon <laughs> anyways can we talk about the semifinal games yeah let's do it those were good games. Now, here's the thing. Those, <laughs> one, one was a good game. Do we really spend time, a lot of time talking about the LSU-Oklahoma game? Here, every, everybody make your comments. I, I think the game speaks for itself. The Big 12 is terrible. They're <laughs> terrible. They should probably not be asked to be in a bowl game for a long period of time. Wow. Playoff, let alone bowl or playoff for it. Yeah. It's, it, was, it was tough to watch. I was... Again, coming back from another road trip over Christmas, over the Christmas break, and we were trying to watch it on our cell phones, and it looked like every time I peeked up to watch, uh, watch it on a, a guy's four-inch screen on his phone, Joe Burrow was scoring another touchdown yeah. mm -hmm. and another touchdown. And 
Like, I honestly never saw Oklahoma have the ball. Was it as bad offensively as you could imagine? So we could get into the argument then who would be a better team for them to have been playing right then. You know? That's where the text chain started. Yeah. And it did. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so you could you could say Georgia, right? But they already they lost. 31 right? 30, 37-10 to LSU. Um, Oregon, do we think that would have been a good matchup? It would have been a lot like – like a Baylor type, so I don't think yeah. that would have been a very good match. So that's that's where the legendary text message thread comes from, where we started talking about Alabama. Now, uh, they've already lost to LSU, but I think it was Kyle that kind of said, well, they, they may be the next best team. Um, that ended up uh, leaving Brandon a little upset. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts or comments? I, I just want to leave that there. You know, I don't know. Like they Maybe they were the next best team. But my my bold pick for whatever in the future is twenty fifty seven. Yeah, any any time between now and then, <laughs> the first three loss team to make the playoffs will be Alabama, and they'll jump over like four one loss teams or zero loss teams. You know, who played from the Mountain West or something. You know, and I just hate to get to the point where you know, like if they weren't even playing in their conference championship game, you know, you had your chance, you had your shot for that. And I know the playoff. Is supposed to be for the four best teams, you know, but also the playoff is supposed to kind of just say, hey, these other people already had a shot right at the end, you know, and I think a one-loss Alabama team, I, w- I would have no problem, you know, but two losses in, I'm like, geez, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So, so to me, this this means that an eight-team eight playoff would be incredibly uh, boring. It would be terrible. Because that would be LSU versus Wisconsin. That would have been even, you know. Actually, I don't think that would have been a bad game at all. Wisconsin is built to play teams close. Yeah. Yeah. But you never mentioned Wisconsin should be number four. Because I honestly thought that Alabama was the fourth best team. And and I I think if you asked, because to me, the biggest thing, and I think this would be kind of a a cool way to to set up a playoffs, whether it be NBA or – Let's say we did have an eight-team playoff, and so the committee would have would have listed out the eight teams that made the playoffs. It would have been the top eight. But they're not giving you who who you think is even the top four. No, but this is what this is my my hope and dream. Like if if they gave you the top eight, because I do think, and I'll make this like your one hope and dream. Like if you could have any hope and dream or just no, college football. That would related. be me not. Because you almost had me talked into that bowl game, but now. <laughs> that would be me being able to quit my job and not going back on Monday. But uh, no, one of the things that I think would be really cool, uh, and because I'll make uh, a short point that I'm trying to make very, very long in the way I tell it. But if the committee would give you the eight teams and all the committee was supposed to do was give you the number one team, which obviously would have been Alabama or would have been LSU. <laughs> That's a Freudian <laughs> slip right there. <laughs> Two uh, lost Alabama teams, but number one. But it obviously would have been LSU, and then it would have been in LSU's court to then pick out of the seven teams that the committee had picked. Who do you want to to have as your first round matchup? So if it would have been the four four team bracket, they obviously would have picked Oklahoma and. Long story short, I think if, if you gave LSU the option, okay, who is the if you ask LSU, who is the one team in the nation that you don't want to play in the first round of the college playoffs? That'd be Alabama. Who would you who would you think they'd say? To me, they would say Alabama. Alabama. They would not want any part so of Alabama. Then, Over Ohio State and Clemson, they they already the only, beat Alabama. The only one that I think that they might say 
over Alabama would be Ohio State. So Sometimes I think, you get those matchups where you know the other team's better, but like you match up with yeah. that team, you know. Exactly. So, now we'll get into the next game here in a little bit, but I had a lot of respect for Ohio State just in terms of the the star power and the the game breakers that they had, and I think I honestly think Alabama is the third best team if we really want to dive into it even more. I'd I'd pick Alabama if they had two, which they wouldn't have had. I would have picked Alabama over an undefeated Clemson team. Okay. Well, that's a hot take. Other thoughts on uh, LSU, Oklahoma? And that LSU offense is obviously amazing. Well, and it's, it's funny just because Joe Burrow is a transfer. Joe Burrow wasn't even a starter at his first school, and then magically he's the Heisman winner. He's thrown for 5,000 yards and low amount of interceptions, and – it's just it's kind of it's just crazy how a certain offensive philosophy comes in and it just fits your players and you're just running away with it. Is there any need to bring in the Nebraska tie to that one? No. I think Scott Frost <clears throat> has to be tired of seeing that no. that quote thrown into his face over and over and over again. Yeah. But yeah, that that's uh, all that conversation for me is coming from the guy who said we didn't need to talk about this game <laughs> at all. So <laughs> how about Ohio State Clemson? I'll, I'll refrain for a little bit. I've got to try to work up some of that anger that we had that night. <laughs> it was it, like going into it, I was back and forth, even though I'd, I'd picked Clemson to win the game, but I wouldn't have been surprised to see either one, you know, and to see Ohio State get up there. And then they're, you know, and that's why I was kind of joking earlier about no controversy type of thing, you know, and then you have the, you have the penalty, and then it was just – whether it was that or the spark or whatever, you know, and then to see uh, Clemson come back, like for me as a non-fan of either team, you know, it, it was fun to watch, you know, and I, I didn't, you know, get mad one way or the other and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I thought, man, this is one of the better playoff games that, that I've seen, a, kind of a classic game, fun to watch. Well, and everybody talks about how the semifinals are always – 30-point games or whatever in our le- recent memory, that's what they all have been. It was nice to have some doubt and actually have to watch the second half. And, yeah. Uh, just to see Ohio State drive the ball at will and then kick field goals, you knew they might be in a little trouble. And then – Did you really know that? Because in our text chain, it didn't <laughs> seem like you knew that. Because <laughs> I, I made the comment, I was, I was a little nervous that Ohio State was kicking field goals oh, and not yeah. scoring touchdowns. You just must not have been getting my text messages then because <laughs> – No, I mean, anytime. It's one thing when they score one touchdown, but then as they keep driving and then it's field goal after field goal, then answers start being found. And then with the whole um, targeting, whether it was targeting or not, you could see the shift and you could see Clemson kind of wake up from their coma or whatever you want to – At what point did you feel like you saw it, it turning? Like when that, did... that moment right there. So that was still in the first was... half. When the they guy were, got kicked out? Yeah. When they were down 16 to nothing. Mine was when Trevor Lawrence broke the 67-yard touchdown. Was that that, that first one that one. they scored on? No, they, they, he bombed a touchdown after the, oh, the yeah. penalty. So that made it 16 After not only did they have the, second half. The, the targeting penalty, right after that they also had the pass interference that oh. was in the end zone or close to the end zone. Uh, so that got it 16 to 7. As, as soon as they score, that's when I said I'm really nervous that Ohio State's kicking all these field goals. And then 
Uh, it was back and forth a little bit, and then Trevor Lawrence busted that long run, made it 16-14 at halftime, and then after that, it was it was a game where uh, I don't know if, if you want to bring this up, Danny, but that's what preempted the uh, the Alabama talk when Ohio State was up 16 to yeah. nothing. we were trying to get we were trying to send Clemson home and yeah, bring no, another team. I don't know if it was we. <laughs> you obviously thought Mr. Clemson and no, Mr. Davos. No, I thought club. it was over. I thought it was um, over in the first half. I yeah, he was he was packing up lunch and and it's weird because I I didn't really have a a dog in the fight. But we make these stupid little picks on, on this uh, Sing Second podcast. And, uh, again, I was the only one that picked Ohio State to make it to the championship. And uh, Danny made the comment of I was, just, I was running away with it. And then just it, it was slowly started to drain that lead. And then I ended up getting really fired up, especially at that, that targeting penalty. Because to me, and obviously you can't change the college football rules, but that was an amazing play by Ohio State. Like the blitz call was perfect. They hit the quarterback just like you want them to, and they get penalized for it. And not only do they get penalized the 15 yards in the first down, changing a fourth and long where they're probably not even in field goal range to a first and ten. Now you take out one of their best defensive backs for the entire game. I've never liked the targeting penalty because. It feels like Nebraska has been on the wrong end of a targeting penalty in the fourth quarter or on important drives more because I've watched them more than any other team, and I just I hate the rule. But do you think it was a penalty by the by the rule? No, I. If if you look at the letter of the law, yeah. But to me, and being a basketball coach, there's certain things that you have the letter of the law and you have the spirit of the law. And right. Uh, I was starting to type out because I was just furious and I was typing out <laughs> these long text messages that I ended up. It's hard to keep up when everyone's firing off yeah. like in a group message. It's hard to keep up because I, whenever I get my thought finished and sent, there's like two or three other thoughts that have already yeah, been out and, there. And to me, it, it comes down to the replay. And if you're going to, if, if they call it targeting on the field, fine. But it wasn't called on the field. It took them to slow it down frame by frame. And yeah. to me, it goes back to a, it's, it was the Christmas Day basketball game with the Lakers and the Clippers where there's like five seconds left. LeBron goes to shoot a pull-up jumper, and Patrick Beverly hits it out of his hand or blocks him. And for the history of time, okay, and, and the players even thought it. Shot was blocked. It was going to be Lakers ball. They had 30 seconds to, to make the final shot to tie it up. But because we have this instant replay now where they slow it down frame by frame, they changed a play that should have been Lakers ball by the spirit of the law. Right. But because the letter of the law frame by frame showed that it was off of LeBron James fingertip. Now it's Clippers ball and the game is over. Took a possible great ending from a play that in every rec league and every YMCA around the country is just block shot, great defensive play, offensive ball. Now you're slowing it down. Well, and like in going back to that Oklahoma game where, uh, Radley Hiles goes into the running back instead of tackling the quarterback, and he launches himself obviously into the running back. Like, that's different. But, like, it's an athletic play. You're stepping up into the hole. The quarterback's a runner. It's hard. And so, like, for – like, that's why, like, the ejection's so big. And because, like, that one, he's not meaning to. Yeah. Whereas you could say the Oklahoma defender where – the quarterback has the ball and he's running a sweep. Well, he goes into the running back and launches himself head to head. Like that's malicious. 
Yeah. And I think that's the difference is the malicious I, intent. You could, I mean, we could have a whole probably episode about replay. I, I hate it. I don't watch, I don't watch an athletic event for preciseness of officiating. I watch it for the excitement of the game and, and I, not to go on a, a, you know, massively different rant, but I think it's starting to ruin soccer stuff. Cause every time there's a goal scored in soccer, they review it. There's been so many good goals recently that have been taken away because a guy was like a nose offside. And I'm, I'm sick of it. I would rather just have the, the people there make a judgment and have the game keep flowing. And in, and in football, I'm so sick of them stopping the game, reviewing it. You got the guy that's on TV giving his take, which like 50% of the time is wrong and not even what they decide eventually. I'm just, I'm over it and sick of it, not to completely change the subject, but uh, that's, that's my mini rant there. Well, unfortunately, it's not going to get less. It's actually getting more. We, like, we were watching the Nebraska high school finals. Oh, which, no, yep. I hated that. They were, they were reviewing high school plays, and I'm not saying trying to denigrate any high school ref out there because it's a hard job and these guys have real lives, but of course high school refs are going to make mistakes. Yep. And if you stop it and review every single time, it's it just takes all the fun out of it. And and I, I think it was the Scotts Bluff coach. And again, now we're we went from the pros and soccer. <laughs> Let's now talk high school athletics. <laughs> not Nebraska high school class B football, but you could just see the disdain on his face on their championship game where he was asked at halftime, was like, Hey, what do you think about the championship games being reviewed and he just said it's killing the pace of the game it's killing all momentum good or bad and yeah i like i said I, I was really fired up uh i actually asked to uh record an emergency pod <laughs> that night i wanted to come over to the d street studios and and record one that night but because i had brandon so mad about my alabama <laughs> take earlier in the night he he said no that we'll talk about it tonight and so it was I was really mad that time, and it was it was really because I I wanted to be the one that was right on Ohio State, and it just it got me really fired up. You looked absolutely right for a while, so that that was basically could have been a toss up game. Which team do you think was is the better team out, out of those two? two? Yeah. Ohio State. I and think so, they proved it. Like obviously Trevor Lawrence was is really good, but he wasn't throwing on them like you expected him to. They were get, he beat them running the ball, but I I think I think Ohio State is better, and I think their running back getting hurt again, getting tackled and kind of twisted up on, changed that outcome of the game probably just as much as any of the bad calls. Well, and then in the first half when uh, they're getting twelve men on the uh, yeah. twelve men penalties or whatever because. Venerables is trying to change the whole defense and the offense didn't switch. Like, how awesome was that quarterback sneak when <clears throat> Ohio State knew that they were going to shift late, and the quarterback pretended like he was making calls to the O line and uh, then just yeah. stepped I in mean, and took that. Sneak. There for like, a while, Ohio State was out coaching. Like, yeah, Clemson. I, maybe and that they, was, yeah. and that was it just something used up all the tricks. Maybe Clemson. Well, and, and honestly, and again, this is me kind of having sour grapes, but th we haven't even talked about the. Was it a catch? Was it a catch and fumble yeah. that Ohio State returned for a touchdown? Because I think if they have the lead there, I don't think they give it back because then they're keying on uh, Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence only. Their receivers have, have been in and out. I know you're a huge fan of the one guy who got 
concussed or went through the concussion protocol that first play of the game. T. Higgins? Yeah, yeah. T. Higgins? So, I don't know. I, I honestly think that Ohio State was the better team. I, yeah. I thought it going into the game. Um, and, again, I, that's why I picked them. And then after I picked them, I, I, I didn't pick them just to be different. I did think they were the better yeah. team. And oh. it just didn't come out. You know, I think maybe Clemson just kind of – they did have some help. Some things went their way, but maybe they just sort of figured out how to win the game. And I think I think uh, that that tends to be what happens uh, in these sorts of things. But you're right for the first for the first half, it looked to me well. It was about the first quarter and a half because by halftime I knew yeah. it was a game. Like I had a completely different feeling at halftime than I did six minutes left in the second quarter. I, w- I was amazed with Ohio State. It looked like a varsity team. Uh, when the JV team was was talking crap to them all week, and they're about to scrimmage, and they were just knocking them around. And um, part of my thinking is that maybe Clemson gets knocked for their schedule throughout the year, and maybe it took them a quarter and a half to sort of acclimate to to this kind of football. Um, but but once they did, they got cooking. And and I would say those calls made a significant difference. But you say Ohio State outcoached them in the first half who do you think had the better coaching in the second half at that point though i don't know if it's so much coaching it was just momentum and yeah how, how deflating is that for ohio state like just in terms of it, you're dominating and then it feels like they took our one of our best defenders out right they, but they put they gave clemson their first touchdown it feels yeah, like because they yeah. it was fourth and 20 they're gonna have yeah. to punt back the ball to the offense they haven't stopped yet Clemson's defense would have had to come back on the field against an right. offense that yeah. was cooking the entire. If you if you listen to Ryan Day's yeah. interview at halftime, he sounded deflated. Yeah. He sounded down. He sounded like he was searching well, to try to say is... something positive. What do you if if you could have gone into the Ohio State locker room at halftime and the Clemson locker room at halftime, I think you would have seen different things. And I think it comes. Da- I think it does come down to coaching. I think that Dabo, that Brett Venables. <laughs> I think they've got it figured out. It's they they know how to win, man. Well, and, and and I don't know enough about the defenses, but I know that there that there was a completely sort of different look on defense from Clemson in the second half. So, did, is it possible that the Clemson coaches use those things to their advantage, and Ohio State coaches sort of didn't have an answer in the second half? Well, this is Ryan Day's first real test. I mean. The three games he coached last year when Urban Meyer was suspended, Ohio State looked untouchable. They looked untouchable all year long. This was the first real time they got punched in the mouth and it like meant something. Yeah, they struggled against a defense here or there for a quarter, a drive, whatever it was. This mattered. They didn't have any momentum. And so and maybe it was coaching, maybe it's the adjustments Clemson made, but I mean this was their first real I mean, And Ohio pro- State had Huge march and a victory, not really challenged, yeah. you know, and then at the end, it's you find yourself pressing a lot more, you know, at, at the end. And I that's what it felt like. They felt, they felt tight. games where they were able to win earlier. And again, I'm I'm gonna be Mr. Ohio State right now, but they lost. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and honestly, and I I told you this in our infamous text chain. When he talked at halftime, yeah, I don't think he came off really well. But I honestly think he was searching for the words because. All of this happened within a span of probably 15 live minutes where the, yeah. the targeting penalty, the pass interference, all of this happened in such a tight 
frame or uh, in terms of time that I honestly think he was so mad that he was searching for ways to talk on TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he was, that's a tough he, spot. He didn't want to say anything that was going to get him in trouble. Cause, and I, I'm, I'm assuming like when you said their locker rooms at half, hell yeah. Clemson just scored 14 unanswered points in about four minutes. Cause they, they had to give the ball back to him with like what a minute 20 left or whatever it was. And so they just scored two quick touchdowns and Ohio state's reeling a little bit. So yeah, they all, Clemson's locker room was probably locked in and really focused. And I'm assuming a lot of the Ohio State coaches were trying to calm their own kids down, trying to calm themselves down oh, yeah. from a couple of these calls. And I, I honestly, I don't think we can underestimate the their running back getting hurt because yeah, you JK say he's a big deal. You you say he's getting tight. This is probably a, a first, <coughs> excuse me, a first round running back or at least a second round running back uh, in a at a position that p- teams don't spin high yeah. draft picks on him. And he's ineffective because of this ankle injury. Well, so and when they that, put his that back, first touchdown, that long one, yeah, yeah. it was he, ridiculous. Then he well, how fast they he put was their, they put his backup in, and they took What's a his huge name? step back. I don't know their backups. Isn't name. it Master something? Yeah, Teague. Something. Master Teague. Because I kept <laughs> thinking they were calling him Master P. Well, <laughs> but yeah, and but yeah, so, they took a huge step back, and he's. I mean, he was a four star or something like that, so he's yeah. gonna be good. And so but, yeah, yeah, I think that goes with. Clemson's defense being a little bit more fired up because they knew they didn't have the speed demon that was going to beat them around the outside. They could pin their ears back. Justin Fields was kind of running all over the place looking for guys. And and honestly, I, and again, I, I just wanted to see a, a, an ending that had Ohio State on top. I, I guess toward the end, I was really enjoying the good game. I really wish it didn't end the way it did with the kid just falling down. Well, yeah, it cuts if, out. Yeah, if he was going to – I didn't care if he threw the interception, but I just didn't like seeing that because you're, you're watching the quarterback, you see him throwing deep, and then all of a sudden all you see is Clemson and you see the Ohio State receiver down there. I just – I thought it was an unfortunate ending to a really fun game. Oh. Oh, well, Clemson found their way in a national championship game again. You want to have a gentleman's bet on <laughs> – how this this coaching duo is gonna go, do against uh, LSU? I mean, you know who I've got. I know I've, I've had <laughs> LSU since day one. All right. In terms of the, our bowl pick, so I, say, I definitely wrote down Clemson, but I definitely don't think Clemson's gonna win anymore. Whoa, whoa! You <laughs> told me LSU on the text chain. I know, but I'm pretty sure on the e on the deal I have. Clemson. No, there wasn't. Danny was the only one that had a really? team. Really? So I have LSU. Well, that's just because you texted that to me. If you thought you well, had Clemson, well, I thought. Well, I had I. On our bowl pick, I'm pretty sure I picked Clemson. Oh, but I don't think they're going to win. We're going to have to adjust that. I know. You were supposed to enter all of your picks on the Google Doc. See, that's I was going to say, like January or December. There wasn't. That's why I was. That's why I was trying to get a hold of you guys because I was trying to do that final. Oh, we haven't done that yet. No, that's we did. And when I texted you, you said I have LSU. Yeah. Okay. So I thought I just put in the final Clemson just to. No. Okay. Do so. we, Brandon? Do we want to get into the uh, national championship well, game say, and picks we, now, or are we ready for national championship? I don't know. I'm ready for the national. Okay, so we'll talk national championship. All right. So the good thing about national championship football in this case, you know, we got a defending national champion. We have another team ready to ready to challenge who also has some history on themselves, and uh, you know, and everybody's been talking about this game, and of course. This is uh, James Madison and uh, North Dakota State we're talking about, right? <laughs> Definitely not the Tigers versus Tigers. We're going to start with a quick uh, breakdown of some FCS football here. 
And uh, before I turn this over to Andy, you want to go first on this oh, one? Oh, yes. All right, before I hand you the baton here, all right, that uh, we do have a couple. Add uh, Coach Cromie was pretty excited bringing up this game, wondering who was going to win. And also, buy a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I think it was right right after he said he was going to purchase one of those shirts. And then at WKS underscore farm wife again uh, is tearing for North Dakota State, which doesn't surprise me with the coaching lineage of Kansas well, and State. Her dad went to North Dakota there. State as well. Pretty awesome. Yeah. So, Andy, what do you think? For so, this game? I follow FCS football just as much as I follow FBS football. And so, um, I listen to a lot of FCS podcasts as well. So, I've heard this matchup since June or so that. Doesn't matter. It's a 2014 tournament. Go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. What? I was gonna insert an eye roll, but I couldn't figure out how to do that just into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, so eye roll. Good. Yep, yep. Um, North Dakota State's won seven of the last eight national championships. Uh, James Madison has always been the number two or the number three. They're they're always the one who's gonna challenge North Dakota State this year. Uh, but again, North Dakota State, all they do is win. They average. Uh, they average the average margin of each victory this year has been by 25 points. So they haven't really been tested. There's one game in there where they won by seven, and another game where they won by you know two scores. But um, they've they've won every other game by an average of 25. They're points. the Clemson. Sure, um, and they've only allowed on average 11 points per game. Uh, they have a redshirt freshman quarterback uh, who has rushed for a thousand yards, has thrown for 2,700 yards with 28 touchdowns. And the big goose egg in the interception column. And I don't know a quarterback who has ever done that, let alone be a he's freshman. Got, he's got some wheels, too. And he runs the ball well. Yes. Must be all that talent he's going against week in and week That's out. That's probably – they play in the, FC, or the SEC of the FCS. Uh, they have a wide receiver who looks like the fastest man on the planet. Uh, in the semifinals, they played Montana State, the Bobcats. Uh, beat Shatter, or Shattern State beat them a, a few years ago. Yes, but this year, <laughs> this year the Bobcats. Um, yes. Christian Watkins in back-to-back offensive series. Uh, he caught a like 85-yard touchdown pass where he just outran everybody down the field, and Trey Lance was able to throw it to him. The next series, the first play, they handed off to him on a jet sweep, and he goes untouched for like 60 yards. I mean, he made all the other guys look not fast. Quite Competition. Um, well, yes. You can change a, change a game in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, and so, like, it was close prior to that sweep, it was. wasn't it? And then he kind of broke And so James Masson, on the other hand, uh, they, they they want to run the ball as well. They've lost one game this year, though. Uh, it was to West Virginia, and they held West Virginia to, like, 20 yards rushing or something crazy like that. Um, not that West Virginia is known for running the ball, but still an FBS like 17, they What Did West Virginia score maybe 17 points? Yeah, it was, it was 20 to 17 or something like that. Um, they won by an average of 25 points, uh, but they allow 14 points per game, so very comparable. Uh, their quarterback has thrown for 3,200 yards, um, is rushed for another 700 yards, so he's a big part of their offense. Uh, they have two running backs who average or who have rushed for 900 and 1100 yards. So they they run the ball a ton as well, um, but their offense looks a little different. JMU is more of a spread RPO team, whereas um, North Dakota State wants to run it at you, uh, but they do mix in a little RPO spread at the same time as well. Uh, so it's kind of a a mix of the same formula of running the ball and so something's got to give uh both teams score a lot both teams don't 
give up a lot of points. And mm. so... So does really, does anything have to give? We can just Something's got to give. Either no one's going to score we or... We probably can just expect a high-scoring game then. I don't know. You just said the defenses weren't that great. They scored. No, they give up good. 10 and 14 points a game. Oh, so you. I'm saying... That was my paying attention. You shouldn't have been up walking around while you were talking. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, I just gave a great breakdown. That James, was good. Whew. So athlete-wise, you know, I can only talk about, you know, FCS talent from an Eagles perspective from the NFL <laughs> because Carson Wentz being the quarterback from the Bison and also Dallas Goddard who uh, was a jackrabbit I believe South Dakota State and jackrabbit probably long term higher ceiling of a tight end than Ertz is in my opinion so I mean that's two players in the you know from on one NFL team you're starting to see this happen more and more with these players getting drafted and then also uh it, you know, it used to be like a rare thing if an FCS team would beat an FBS team. North Dakota State but has won like five of their last yeah, six against It's, it's like, well, it's how many times is it going to happen now? So obviously yeah. there is a talent level difference because, because it's two different things. But FCS programs, the, you know, they have very passionate fan bases. Their stadiums, although they be smaller, are sellouts, you know, and, and take it every bit is – serious you know as somebody who who uh is a fan of alabama you know these team these fans love their uh teams just as much um if you if you were going to take either one of these teams and uh put them into a conference which conference do you think andy of fbs would either one of these two teams because i think they're both really good teams this year um which one or which conference would they have the best opportunity to play in their conference game or, or win it outright? Or is it possible? I would like, I mean, you could obviously say the Conference USA or MAC, the lower tier Division One schools. But I think both of these teams especially, um, if you put North Dakota State and the Mountain West and put them opposite of Boise State, I think they would be able to make it to the Mountain West Championship. And I, I'm not saying they would beat Boise State because Boise State's kind of, I would say, I, don't, I mean, they're the mid-major Kings, if you would, mm-hmm. uh, with Chris Pearson back in the day. Um, but I think that would at least be a fun matchup. Um, with James Madison and the way that uh, – I, I don't think they would contend very well in the American just because the American is so diverse with the different offenses and things like that. Um, but there is like a second-tier Mountain West size conference because I think they're too good – I don't want to say they're too good week in and week out for the MAC or Conference USA or something like that. They're, I think they're, a, they're kind of the Appalachian State where they would transfer and not miss a bowl game. They would be, as soon as they're eligible, they'd contend against anybody and everybody. Every I, think, I, I totally see the Bison as like a Mountain West team, and especially with Craig Bull's success at Wyoming. Watch you know, them take down Wyoming. You know that'd I mean, be that a fun kind of little. That would be pretty cool. Um, as far as these two teams, uh, like I think of them almost as kind of a rivalry, even though they're half – the country part. You and they've know only I mean? played two or three times in yeah, the but last 10 years. But they match up in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And so to me, it's it's always kind of an interesting type of game. And like what you said with the quarterback and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for me, I saw like North Dakota State is number fourth in uh, rushing – or is, in, is number four rushing the ball. James Madison's number one at stopping the run. And so you kind of – consider those things as X'd out or which team could do it better. But often in those cases, then what can the other team do 
you know, and I think uh, North Dakota State with their play action and getting uh, Trey Lance, you know, off the play action with the run pass option, those kind of things. It's, it's hard for me to go against North Dakota State right now, but uh, I think both, both teams are really good, and the margin of victory is so good, and they're shutting down opponents, and I'm excited for the game. Now, it's a fun Easter egg that both coaches are first-year coaches at these new programs. Yeah. And so it's kind of – now, obviously, the seeds have been planted at these two programs, mm-hmm. but um, it should be a fun game. So what, who are you picking? We should have a week. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say I don't know if this is going to get brought up on the next podcast. Did – so did you make a pick, or are we not yeah, doing I'm going that yet? Yeah, I'm going Bison. Close game, but I think with their – you know, there's two types of – well, there's more than two types of quarterbacks, but on on successful <laughs> quarterbacks, they have the ones where they're like, well, he's not going to lose the game for you. And then there's quarterbacks where it's like, this guy's going to win the game for you. Yep. I think with him, with his arm and running and not making crucial – you know, not making interceptions. Any mistakes. I haven't seen it. You know, he's fumbled he, twice all year. So to me – I'm going with the quarterback in this, and I think he does enough to get okay. them the win. I'm, a, I'm prepared to make a pick, guys, So, but I want to hear Andy's first. So. All right, so partly I think I'm going to do this just to play the devil's advocate, and I'm going to go Ooh. James Madison. I don't even know you. Um, I want the Bison to win. I think they have every possibility to win, but, I, you know, James Madison, it's their time for once. I mean – They've got to lose. They're a really good football. They've got to lose. What does that mean? It's their time. They they're gonna step up and take down the Bison. Does does that mean North Dakota State doesn't want to win? I I just don't think they're. (laughs) We're we're not talking motivation in the national championship. Are you prepared to make a pick, Kyle? Yeah, but I'll let you go first. (laughs) All right. So I did another small amount of research. What'd you go to? The only thing. What website did you look at? Um, the internet, www. <laughs> yeah. The North Dakota State versus James Madison. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the only thing I've known about North Dakota State. Do you know where the championship game takes place? That's part of my pick. It's every place the same year. Did you know that? I hope it's Frisco, Texas. It is. Okay. Every year. Every year. That's part of my thinking oh, okay. on my pick. Okay. So the only thing that I've known about North Dakota State going into this are – Carson Wentz, he played there, right? Yep, yep. Okay, good. One for one. Easton Stick, do you know that guy? He's from Nebraska. Yeah, Creighton Prep. Yep, yep. Okay, so that's two things, but that wasn't one of my three, so I don't, I don't even so now, know. Now we're at the <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know what number I'm on anymore. Jeez. Um, second or third, whichever we're on, is their uniforms are hideous. They, Which those, combo? The colors oh, are terrible. All right. What's what's hideous like, about like it? Just the colors and the color combinations. Honestly, they're they're gross enough that if I was coming out of high school, that would actually deter me from going there. <laughs> Over like, Wyoming, yellow and brown. I think that honestly, I think Wyoming's are better. Do you have a do you have you seen Kyle their yeah. uniforms? Do you have thoughts on the, the uniforms? Because these guys yeah, like the green them. on green, the green on well, yellow so, with the wheat stripes. Yeah, right that's a sweet that's I just don't. It's the color combination I don't like. Okay. To me, like I'm not a fan of, of yellow. Too much yellow is, is bad. Like we we always talked about when we were ordering coaches' gear. Hey, what color should we get? Blue, gold, white, black, and like my only my only stipulation is never yellow. Yeah. Because yellow is just a terrible color. It's yellow and green, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do they have alternates that are cooler? 
green they, and yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this year they've they've always Ooh. been green on yellow yeah. shirt on yeah. pants. This they year they, they went like yellow playoff, on green. They got like playoff uniforms. Yeah. So that's they went green yellow's got to be an accent color. <laughs> that's not. It is not an accent color in the state of North no, Dakota. That's from, no. That's not necessarily. That's not a heavy factor in my pick. The oh. third thing though is I love I love the Fargo Dome. I think it's I think it's. Have you ever been? Never been. No. But I've seen pictures and I've seen it on TV. I've watched some of these games before, and I think it's really cool that um, that town has something that's theirs. They own it. Um, I imagine there's got to be some pretty good tailgating going on. It's uh, I looked up. It's a 19,000 seat um, dome, although it's not actually a dome. Um, yeah, it's got a hard roof on it. It's not a dome, um, but it reminds me of like a, advertising. like a European soccer stadium or when Major League Soccer teams started building their own stadiums. It's specific for them and their purposes, and I bet you they fill it all the time, and I bet you it gets loud, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and on the other hand, with James Madison, James Madison himself was a pretty small guy, um, kind of meek. Uh, which, you know, just using that um, history as a reference, you would think that I was about to pick North Dakota State, but I'm not. Are you pulling an Andy That's Butler? So yep. That's a radio oh. right there. So here's why. One, we I mentioned it earlier. I think North Dakota State has incredible home field advantage, but where's the game? Briscoe, Texas. Briscoe, Texas. Do you know what stadium um, they're playing in? It's the Houston Dynamo. That's a major league soccer yeah, team. Yeah. There's a fun fact for you. So they're not going to have home field advantage. Wait, so Houston, the Houston Dynamo don't play in Houston. They play in Frisco? It's in Frisco, yep. Sports-specific stadium, but they play football in there. By the way, you're going to notice the turf. They have some of the worst turf in the United States, so I'm surprised that they keep playing um, this game there. There's a small chance I'm wrong, and I got the stadium wrong, but um, – <laughs> They're not playing at home, so I think that that gives them a slight yeah, disadvantage. But they've played there the last eight years. There were so seven in the last eight Friendly years. confines, but not home. Like I-29, I'm sure just goes right uh, down there. Probably. I don't know. They're also um, an underdog, a point and a half as of today. Really? Yep. And James Madison, while he was small and kind of meek, he was incredibly intelligent, very cerebral. Did I say that right? Cerebral. It felt like you put an extra syllable in there. It wasn't me. I threw another B somehow. So I'm going to give James Madison University an, an edge um, just because I think they're going to outsmart them um, and, and the lack of home field advantage and being away from the Fargo Dome means that North Dakota State loses. Um, probably the, is it their first game of the year? Are they undefeated? Yeah, if they haven't lost in like a, two years. Okay. so Two and a half. After talking myself into that, I'm going to watch the game. I'm pretty excited. I was captivated. Yeah. Like I'm, For a guy who's never wow. watched an FCS game, it sounded like yeah. you've watched an FCS game I've, before. When that's the only football that's on, I'll tune to it. Um, I've watched them, and they probably won. So um, We're <laughs> two to one chance. so far. JMU, Kyle, what you got? There's so many things going through my head right now. I got a couple Just start of, with the first I one. I got a couple of jokes in my <laughs> head that I want to try to throw out there, but I might forget them before I get to them. Uh, first thing I want to mention, in every podcast, and I probably do a lot of the same things too, I had students count uh, how many times I said the word K one class period, and it was an obscene amount. So I just want to kind of create a new podcast game for all of our listeners out there, which is 
anytime Danny finds a way to bring up soccer on a football podcast. <laughs> That's two. No, it's two like four. Today. It's been heavy. You, you I'm sorry. Have to, you should have to drink. Drink whatever you have in front of you, a Pepsi, a Mountain Dew, uh, anything more. It's like... Just take a drink, just because I I, th- I find it fascinating that he continues to bring up soccer. Yep. When I guess Andy is a soccer fan, so he might know what he's talking about. I coach but, it, too. Uh, not very well. And then the one joke, and it's not going to be a very good joke because I'm going to have to set it up, but everybody's seen Step Brothers, correct? When yep. they're talking about Johns Hopkins, he's like, I've smoked <laughs> weed with Johnny Hopkins. <laughs> like That's what pops into my head whenever I he- see the name James Madison. It's like... I've drank a beer with Jimmy Madison, and so. Oh, you know him as Jimmy. Yeah. It's like Johnny Hopkins, Jimmy. Oh, he wrote yeah. the Constitution. Yeah. Oh, oh. I, Big I, timer. I don't even know where James Madison is. Virginia. I'm, I'm taking. I'm gonna take North Dakota State, really, just because. And for the the few people that that maybe follow our Twitter page closely, <laughs> I, I made the comment. Uh, we we had somebody tweet us that said, "Hey, do you guys think?" I wasn't that. gonna bring this. I wasn't gonna bring this up. <laughs> no, this is the best. Do you guys think that JMU has a chance against North Dakota State? And I responded and I said, "Are those high school teams? I don't have much expertise on Canadian football. Take Miami, Florida over whoever they are playing." And I tweeted that out weeks ago, weeks ago before the bowl season got going. And so. It's, it was a throwaway tweet. I really don't tweet that often, but I was like, I want to get involved with our Twitter page. And so, if any of you guys know, uh, Miami did not cover the point spread. <laughs> they didn't uh, score a point. They did score a point. And so, I had this guy. He doesn't follow us. He just had to be some lonely guy Troll. that's just trolling on the internet. Search the hashtag James Madison. Any anti-JMU tweets out there. And he, and he comes at me with after my uh, Miami tweet and just simply says, that aged poorly. So uh, here's to you, JMU Dukes for life. Dukes I'm, for take, life. I'm taking North Dakota State Ooh. just because of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I think it aged awesome. <laughs> That's the kind of content you can't make up. So, uh, it, was, it was a great tweet when I saw it. Uh, I listen to a lot of Miami-based uh, podcasts, so I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of ride or die with the Miami Hurricanes just because I, I listen about them so much. And so I just, like I said, it was a throwaway tweet. They obviously didn't perform well, and the guy had a pretty awesome comeback. <laughs> but you know what? Forget you, JMU yeah. Dukes for Life. I'm riding with the Bison. He doesn't have his own podcast. No, he does Dang not. Right, he doesn't. So that was the first national championship game we were going to talk about. Now we're going to bring it to the one everybody wants to uh, hear about. Well, it's probably already been rehashed over multiple times and stuff. But we're going to bring our thoughts to this one. So the big national championship game between Clemson and LSU. Earlier, I made the reference to the Lion King song. That was the Lion King song I was singing out way at the beginning. If any oh, of you are still oh, there, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. I'm only a little bit sure of the words because that's a lot harder to spell than uh, what <laughs> you would think it would be. But anyway, uh, you know, reference to the Lion King, but in this case, hashtag spoiler alert, the winners, it's going to be a tiger. So this, let's go ahead and. <laughs> that plays in Death Valley for their home football games. Oh, Both yeah. of them do. How crazy is that? In a mammoth graveyard. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for listening. Come on, Una Matata. Yep. All right, Andy, do you want to, or anybody can lead it off. I yeah, sure, I'll lead this. off. Uh, going into it, I, th- 
watching Clemson, Ohio State go neck and neck. Oh, and sorry. I, I'm sorry. My bad. I forgot to say this should be my last time being a host here. So the first part <laughs> I was going to have was uh, so bringing into it. What's the thing you're looking most forward to? Oh, oh, so we're setting this baby oh, up. Yeah, we're saving the picture. I apologize. That's Here we on, go. That's on me. That's on when you point the picture. Teasing the picks. Three more pointing back at you. <laughs> Stay that's tuned, guys. Picks aren't coming till later. Yep. No. Only 45 more minutes until you hear our picks for the national championship game. Then you can make your picks. Are we saying over under at 45 minutes? I'm just excited to see the offense. I think LSU's offense has obviously been so unique and so. Uh, advanced having their quarterback coach come in from the Saints. It looked like a lot of passing yards like the Saints usually do. And so uh, just to see how LSU Joe Burrow does against a defense that uh, obviously is known in Clemson as being pretty darn good. But then conversely, uh, how the old Clemson offense does against a top-tier SEC defense. I say that in air quotes and – Everybody can continue. Actually, LSU's that, defense is supposed to yeah. be not great, yeah. which I'm, I don't agree with. Yeah, and so it's just it's interesting because LSU is kind of usually known for having a good defense, but here we are talking about their offense before their defense. Yeah, I, so what I'm most excited for is just to see how, how it matches up. Like, um, I haven't looked, but going into this game, I would assume LSU is the favorite. Anybody – Know anything about that? I, I'll look it up. I would assume they're. I would if imagine. I was playing guess the lines, I'd say it's about a four and a half to five point yeah. favorite. So for just, LSU. just you know, my feeling and, and played in Louisiana too, yeah. by the way. And I, I'm a Clemson fan. Um, he said it. If you don't know, he said it. Uh, Sister-in-law went to school there and uh, graduated right about the time that uh, uh, Dabo was was making his mark on college football. So, you know when. Not rooting for the Huskers because that's hard. Uh, been a Clemson fan, but I feel like Clemson's the underdog. Um, it, it's hard to know how those teams are going to match up. I felt like um, in LSU's game against Oklahoma, their receivers were open all the time. But I also felt like in, in the first half, especially um, Ohio State, Clemson, Ohio State's receivers were open all the time. Uh, I felt like Clemson's um, – Offense and defensive lines were getting beat up by, by Ohio State. So, you know, going into it, it, it could be a blowout. Like, would any of you be surprised if LSU won by two or three touchdowns? No. 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 And it's a six-and-a-half-point game okay. uh, in favor of the uh, LSU Tigers. So, follow my line of questioning here. Would, it, would any of you be surprised if Clemson won by two or three touchdowns? Would that be yes. a surprise? Yes. yes. That would be a surprise. I wouldn't be surprised to that either. Like, I, I just feel like nothing, nothing can surprise, can surprise this guy. Nothing. A herd of elephants could tear through that stadium, and I'd be like, eh. yeah, Alabama, making their mark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there he was. He said a million different animals. We Set him up. There's a, another Freudian slip right there. Would you be surprised if it was an overtime game? <laughs> Are we going through every possible? Yeah, every scenario. For Would you be surprised? Like, I just don't, like, Would you I be don't surprised know. if Joe Burrow had 173 <laughs> passing yards? 174 broken, passing yards. I'm just saying that I don't that I don't know what to expect, but I'm still picking Clemson. I still think um, that they're gonna have just enough of an edge for for a variety of reasons that they win the game. 
Variety, That's my pick. I made it too early. What variety of reasons? I think coaching. I, that's one. <laughs> I, they, yeah, that's a that's a ver not a variety. I, that's that's it. They've been there. <laughs> They've done it. Uh, I don't think Ed Oregon or whatever. Who is that? <laughs> he hasn't won any national championships yet. But I made my pick ahead of time. What are you, what are you uh, excited to watch? Um, honestly, and I just don't know if there's going to be a chance to uh to bring this up one of the coolest things I, I saw this year i really thought it was awesome uh on lsu senior night when joe burrow wore the jersey that had burrow yeah. spelled that was e a-u-x cool. like i don't know if, if it was somebody else's idea or if it was really his idea but he's really bought into being an lsu tiger and really has that that whole fan base on his back and obviously when he throws for a million yards and a million touchdowns it's pretty easy to root for the guy but uh it was a cool idea plus with with the camera on the thousand frames per second when they were filming it on that was just maybe the coolest video i saw through co throughout college football uh i'm looking forward to and i had to look his name up to make sure i was saying it right i didn't know if it was del mint or del pitt the lsu's defensive back I love watching that guy play. Kind of reminds me of like a Tyron Matthew type, just all over the field making huge plays. So uh, I'm actually really excited to see if he's going to make the big play in the game like I think he's going to. Because for whatever reason, like again, I think of LSU as kind of that DBU and just always a really fast defense with maybe a, a worse offense. That's the way it used to be. Uh, but I, I obviously they have talent and speed and physical players all over the field. To say LSU's defense isn't great seems like a bit of an, an overstatement. I think they're going to be flying around to the ball. I think that Trevor Lawrence, just based on how much he got hit against Ohio State, I think he's in for a long night as well. Um, and so I, I'm just excited to see kind of their, the LSU defense flying around, making big plays for the offense. Very good picks. Good info. I'm looking forward most to just like the stuff on the big stage, Hoping that the extra layoff of time isn't going to impact the yeah, quality of play. 13 days. I hate that. Days. That's that's one of the worst things about this current setup, I think. Um, I want to see the play of both quarterbacks, seeing how that goes, what the defenses do to try to stop them. And, uh, yeah, I think that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Uh, just before we move on to the, to the next little subtopic here, what do you guys think about ESPN's, like, multicast where they have all the different things going on like they have the the regular game cast on it'll be on abc then they have the the homer cast on for both sides and then they have that like on esp and you where they have just the everybody just kind of it's an open room and they're coming and just shooting the breeze about football like what do you guys think about that do any of you guys turn from the main channel of of uh herb street and fowler that is a great question and all of those are too much information for me. I watch the standard broadcast, but I guarantee you, Andy's about to tell you that he has like six screens going on. And somehow he's managed to watch them all. And he's probably listening to an air raid podcast and also uh, flipping through his new Christmas gifts, yeah, the air, air raid, raid books, yeah, all at the same time. I'm proud of you, by air the way. Your air raid books. Hey, I love those things. Um, <clears throat> actually, I am one of those guys when. Uh, the Big 12 championship, and they had the dual screens with the stats underneath them. I love watching that. Uh, it, when we coach and call stuff, I'm always more of a field guy. 
and that is no more like that's the ultimate feel you see multiple angles you see what they're kind of averaging rush yards pass yards stuff like that i that just feels more i don't know i am a numbers guy teaching english but uh that just is up my alley i get a better feel of the game because because like you watch that first half of clemson ohio state and those numbers told tell a whole different story but the play on the field started to change but it doesn't necessarily end up in the numbers and so i just i just love that comparison i like the coaching one where they have the coaches at the table and sometimes it's frustrating as you know when you watch film with football coaches and it's like they rewind a couple and it's like dude get to the next play quick you don't need to come on d coordinator you don't need to show the same thing but uh the one todd rice listens to this podcast (laughs) i think that's like goes through everybody's minds where they you know and it's like dude let's get to the play that i want to see you know but um you know, they, they had one of Kyle's favorites coaches, uh, Kevin Sumlin. I can't remember if that was last year or the year before. Yeah. And he was one of the more interesting coaches I'd heard. And they were talking about the spread. And, and I would, you know, great person to hear it from with, with the success he's had. And I like listening to that coach's talk during it. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah it's completely kind of funny how Andy and I uh, kind of look at things. We coach football together. And. And we just kind of prefer the complete opposite kind of angles. <laughs> like Andy loves sitting in the box and loves kind of looking at it like the eagle eye view. And he almost kind of likes to not play Madden, but he kind of likes to orchestrate things from up there where me, I'm the complete opposite. Like I like being in the chaos. I like being down there with the players. And you don't have as good of an angle, but like I, I like the, the conversation with the players and feeling that intensity from the field. And, and Andy likes to be kind of above that to see everything else. So it it doesn't surprise me that he that's the one he prefers. Uh, I honestly just love to, to watch the, the Herb Street and Fowler broadcast just because they do such a good job. There's other broadcasting yeah, yeah. teams. I know Danny's a big fan of Booger McFarland. <laughs> oh, God. But there are other broadcasting teams that I don't like as much. But Herb Street is is actually really good at what he does, and so I love listening to him. and And, and I don't know, I we just got done with the game, and our 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 games were actually broadcasted on TV on local channels. And I actually recorded them back home because I just I want to kind of hear the broadcaster's view, or I just like to kind of hear anybody else's view, just so I can kind of compare it with mine, kind of see if if they're seeing anything that I didn't see or like these guys, they never watched us play a day in their life, so they're broadcasting two of our games. Like, what stands out to them? Because I, I think you can get a lot out of it. I'm not saying that they're going to be experts, but you just kind of see a different no. angle. And nice little tangent. This is a little off topic, but there's two guys I really like. Like, if these two guys were together broadcasting a game, and they're probably the same type of guy, so they, they probably wouldn't mesh well. But I love listening to Gus Johnson, and he's obviously one that a lot of people like. I also like listening to Lewis Riddick, and they just give a lot of different yeah. uh, little tidbits here and there. Gus Johnson does a great job play-by-play, play, but Lewis Riddick does a great job of explaining the whys and the hows and uh, the, a lot of the deeper stuff. And so they could ever get together. I know they work for different companies, but that would be the dream right there. Talking about a lot of dreams today. Nope. So we are. You just got to go out and, you listeners out there, you just got to go and get them. Hey, 2020, yeah. get your dreams. Get, this this get is my dream right dreams. here. This is my dream right here. Same, same. Yeah. Honestly, 
if we could somehow make this something to where we could do this big time, that would honestly be the dream. Buy some shirts, people. Start Buy that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Go at Croach. Come on, Chromie. It Come starts on, with you. If Come we sell it. enough shirts, we can put a TV in the studio. It's growing. It's growing. <laughs> Let's go for heat first. <laughs> so, <laughs> the frozen tundra of D Street Studios. So those are things we're all looking forward to the game. Next is coaching uh, favorites or matchups or things that we think. Which team has the coaching advantage? We'll start, even though we may have an idea <laughs> who of who got, Danny's Danny? going to go with this, but we'll start with Danny to lead us off with this. PJ Fleck? <laughs> I just feel like Ed Origami has been – is it Org? Or gonna, I feel right. like Ed Origami's going to fold yeah. under pressure. Gonna <laughs> gooch. <laughs> oh, Danny just got that joke. <laughs> you get it because Origami is folding paper. How many, team, how many teams has he been a head coach of? Multiple? Two. I, if I was a head coach, Two. he would not USC, be my assistant. Because he will be your interim before the end of the <laughs> yeah. year. He replaces everybody. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. On the biggest stage. I think the, that the Clemson team of coaches is is more experienced in these types of things. I think that I think we saw it a little bit in the Ohio State game that Clemson was able to figure some things out as the game went on and, and make some adjustments, and it almost felt like Ohio State was out of ideas um, by the end of the first half. So, absolutely, given the clo- the, the coaching edge uh, to my boy Dabo. I think if there's one thing Danny has right with the Clemson coaches is you never hear anybody leaving Clemson. I mean, uh, Brett Venerables has been there for forever, and he's been like the hot commodity uh, for coaching. For Maybe that last. means they're not good enough to go anywhere else. Oh, but, he's getting paid a yeah, ton he, of money. He's like the highest paid assistant easily. Um, but with that, I mean – And by the way, he was an assistant coach, I found out, for Oklahoma yeah, like he, back in 2007. Yeah, he was – I remember. He so maybe he doesn't even want to be a head coach. Yeah, I don't well, know. and that's the thing. He turns down offers every year. And so I, I think that's one thing. It's venables, by the way. Ven- uh, venables. You, you kept saying venerables. It's big. It's, it's a thing. Um, the one thing, though, with LSU, uh, their defensive coordinator, Dave Aranda, is kind of in that venables. Is that what it is? Yeah, venables. good job. Okay. Uh, that, that tier of top elite defensive coordinators. And so – um, you know they'll have their teams ready to play. Um, but Innsminger and uh, who's the new guy that just joined him, the passing game coordinator from the Saints, Kyle? I look at you. Joe Brady. Joe Brady, thank you. That, he uh, should be the head coach. Well, that's what it looks like. Uh, I just think it's nice that Orgeron kind of feels like he takes a step back. He's the game manager. He's the um, – He's just not overpowering. He's obviously – it's fun to have him on a mic because – That's overpowering. Jumbled. It sounds jumbled and things like that. But he's not the one getting the credit for a lot of this stuff. And so I, I think they're pretty even, really, to be frank. That's your answer? If I can be frank. Even? Hey, even! Hey, Frank. So, so I'll frank. let you be frank. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you, I'm, I'm going to just stay – and obviously – we're probably going to vote on all these things. We're going to pick the things on towards the picks that we made for the game. And I'm going to kind of go back to the, the to the Joe Burrow thing with the name on his jersey just being ultra LSU. And there's honestly not a coach out there that's more LSU than Ed Orgeron. He grew up in LSU. He's obviously got the voice of the Cajun uh, for LSU. 
and honestly, you guys can and obviously the X's and O's are, are important. Don't get me wrong. The AU X's. But uh, how like is wouldn't it just be a, an amazing time to play for Ed Orgeron? Like obviously his players in a national championship game. Yeah, love him. Like there's like people you sell out for Dabo Sweeney. I bet there's not an LSU guy out there that wouldn't run through that brick wall, that proverbial brick wall for. What Ed about Orgeron. USC guys? What's that? Then what about USC they, guys? Well, funny story there though is they had the opportunity to hire him long term and they just chose not to. Because he was their interim. Yeah. 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 And so, like interim Ed. <clears throat> Are we talking about motivation again? No, I just I just think he's like, and obviously he has the assistant coaches that. Are, are putting the guys in position to play. But I think one of the reasons why Venables hasn't gone to that head coaching job is because there are coordinators and then there are guys that are built to be head coaches. And I think Ed Orgeron is just a guy who's built to be a head coach because uh, I remember watching a, is a YouTube video or something where he was in a press conference and he had some guys on his football team that were like way up like outside of the press conference playing basketball or just making a lot of noise. So he stopped mid-press conference and just went and yeah. yelled at him. And it's just like, hey, try to have a press conference here. I, I can't do that, Orgeron. Boys. You can. <laughs> that was close. But it's just like he just has control over that team and control over that program and probably control over that university that's just really in a really innocent and fun way, I think. And so I, I'm going with that, Orgeron, just because, like, when you, when you see him, like, you, you see Dabo Sweeney when the playoff rankings come out. And he's trying to sell him, like, we should be number two or we should be number one. Like, nobody wants – Obviously, we, we might not even get in 13-0. and haven't lost in two years. And so he was just complaining constantly about where they should be. And I thought it was awesome after the SEC championship game. Ed Orgeron just says, we'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime. And then that just bleeds over because they, they probably didn't talk about it. But yeah. what did Joe Burrow say? We're, we want to play anybody, anywhere, anytime. Well, I also we're, we're, that we're the best team, though. We're that confident in it. We're just ready to roll anywhere we go. Well, and to add to that, I feel like Joe or not Joe Burrow, Ed Orgeron is LSU, like you were saying. Yeah. Whereas Dabo Sweeney is Alabama. It's oh. when when is when is Alabama going to open? When is he going to leave? Because Dabo Sweeney went to Alabama, and so he is just that natural. Everybody assumes he's going to leave Cle- uh, Clemson, Cleveland, Clemson, to go to Alabama, and so I think that's part of it for me as well. Is just Ed Orgeron is LSU, and Dabo, yes, is Clemson right now. It's not. And for basically ever because he's making tons of money to stay there. I'm sure the Crimson Tide will throw Coaches are making tons of money everywhere, and they always leave because you want to know what? The next place is going to pay him just as much, if not more. Pretty crazy. Uh, for me, the between the two coaches, it's hard. I obviously, I don't have any inner knowings of any of them or been to any clinics or anything to hear these guys talk or anything. But I think of Dabo, obviously, for the motivation things. I also think of him and Venables as kind of X's and O's people who are more likely to try to scheme up and be maybe less flexible in the things that they're trying to do with their system. And when I think of Orgeron, obviously he had a lot of success with the Mississippi State Mud Dogs, you know, when, the, when uh, Bobby Boucher was playing for him. No, but... Uh, when I think of Orgeron, I think of like when there's some coaches who they're going to put the game in their players' hands and not 
you know what I mean, let your players win the game for you and don't try to screw it up coaching-wise. And I feel like he's more of that. He's not less – or he's less likely to lose a game because he tried to put somebody in a different position X and O's-wise. Um, so I think they're both successful at what they try to do um, in their own different way. But because of the experience with the national championships before and being on this stage before – and being at the same school for such a long period of time now, um, I'm going to give the edge to Dabo just for that. But I think I think they're both great. Obviously, they're both great coaches because they're national championship contenders this year. So that's the stuff about X's and O's. As you guys all know, with uh, coaching, Jimmy's and Joe's takes you to where you got to go. So looking at athlete. Per athlete, which team do you think has just the best overall talent? Stacking up position by position, you know, which team do you think has better better horses on there? Yeah. There's going to be a lot. Of, these these are close to two professional teams. There's going to be a lot of these dudes in the NFL after this. Um, but just quickly going back to a couple comments that I made earlier, I, I felt like Clemson's O-line and D-line got outplayed for a while in the Ohio State game. Um, I thought LSU's O-line looked really strong. Um, but, but you're picking Clemson. Final game. I am. <laughs> they're going to figure out a way to win. That, and that's my thing, is that I think they're going to – ultimately, we'll to, they're going to figure out a way to win the game. We won't have to block those guys right But if you're, saying, if you're saying athletes, they, I think LSU could probably have a slight edge. Well, and with that, you're, we're talking about probably like the number one slash two – recruiting class every year versus the number three slash four recruiting class. And so, I mean, it's probably flip of the coin, which one's actually better talent for talent. You guys ready for my maybe most controversial joke of the night? <laughs> you brought up race and politics last episode, well, so what do you go. got now? Well, because obviously, uh, if you think about it, I, w- I would say God is probably going to be on, on Clemson's side if you were listening to anything that Dabble would have to say, but... Uh, honestly, I, I think the, the players are, are a toss-up. I do think that it's going to be uh, pretty interesting just to see the quarterback matchup because if you think about Trevor Lawrence and uh, how big of a prospect he was when he took over the job from Kelly Bryant and just how he came in and dominated, uh, you're led to believe, and I honestly think it's probably true, that he might be one of the best quarterbacks once he gets to the NFL very, very quickly. And then you have Joe Burrow, who has obviously broken all of these records throughout the year, Heisman Trophy winner. But obviously, if you were to ask anybody before the season, Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow, it would have been a unanimous decision. So is it kind of catching lightning in a bottle here with Joe Burrow, or does he have the talent to uh, kind of match up with Trevor Lawrence? Like I said, I honestly think just watching – uh, that Ohio State game, I think LSU is going to be uh, – they're going to be able to pressure him, and I, I don't know if they have a lot of uh, faith right now in ETN to be kind of that between-the-tackles guy. And I think if, if LSU gets them down and they can pin their ears back to the point where they have that 14- to 20-point lead, I think it's going to be a long night for uh, Trevor Lawrence. I like it. I like it. For me, athlete per athlete, I'm going LSU. I just think 
they looked awfully good all season. And uh, Clemson got really banged up pretty good against Ohio State. And I think LSU's an even more physical team. And I, I don't know if they'll be able, athlete per athlete, be able to stand up against them. I, I just think LSU's better. So that brings us to our last thing for this pick. Who do you think will win the national championship, the FBS national championship? Whoever wants to start. Uh, I've been on the record for a long time now saying that. Yeah, uh, you wanted to be the first one on the record, yep. if I remember right. Wait, so let me be the last one. I'm, I'll give my pick last. I'm taking the old Bayou Bengals. <laughs> and apparently he changed that pick <laughs> midstream. I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> so apparently. I, yeah, he's I'm, good either way then. He's going to have some yeah, pick somewhere yeah. on both teams. Uh, no, I think it's pretty obvious I'm taking the LSU Tigers. Well, I was going to go Clemson, then I was going to go to LSU. <laughs> but then uh, Kyle said God's on Clemson's side, and I'm, I'm on Team God. So I'm, gonna, Team uh, God. I'm going back to Clemson for my original, original, original pick. And finally, I would be, like to be the last one to make a pick here. Clemson Tigers, national champs. Let's go. I like it. All right, so we're to the last segment here for those of you who are I, still I feel with like we us. gotta we've always joked this is the meat of our section. We're now here to what we came to talk about. Yeah. But it's so that's okay. You know, we've we put some good content out yeah. there, I feel like, and this is a good section. And I think we'll Take a break it. if you want to. If you're yeah. listening, yeah, take you a break. There's a pause button. Yeah. Go a little longer on the treadmill if you want. Or, or the toilet. Yeah. Or drive around the block. Whatever. Maybe you got a kid sleeping in the back and, you know, just want to keep him asleep. You're doing right. And honestly, it might be bad, but our comments and our conversations throughout the games for this time has been, I think, the most fun uh, conversation so far. Is It's just kind of shooting from the hip, and that's, to me, the most fun. So with our last segment here, and I know we'll get through this quickly because it has to do with national championships – and those are not controversial at all, as we've come to talk about tonight. <laughs> and so uh, tonight's thing is, throughout history of college football, some teams have been snubbed throughout history. You know, maybe didn't get voted national championship or maybe didn't even get a play in the big game. Um, tonight, S2 is going to be retro rewarding, retro awarding. I don't know how you say it. Four teams with a retro declared national championship. We're going to give a little rundown for each of our picks. Um, we had at T. Scotch who tweeted out to us and said, hey, UCF has already declared themselves national champions, so we don't need to talk about them. All right, thanks, at T. Scotch. <laughs> thanks, so, uh, Get that so, out of the way. So that's there. At NPDog73 said, you could, one could possibly say 2001 Oregon Ducks, 2008 Utah, you know, that Utah team went undefeated and beat, like, number four Alabama. He was, like, urban yeah. fire head coach. I've never heard of him. Alex, Alex Smith was their quarterback. quarterback. He was pretty good. And Two-legged Alex Game Smith. manager. And in that 2001 year, uh, some could say, like, that I think they had two losses. That two-loss Florida team would have been the best team to maybe beat that Miami team. At hate my coach, who, you know <laughs> – He's gotten a little mouthy with me uh, on the old Twitterverse lately. And whenever I, whenever I read at hate my coach's tweets, I think of those two old guys from the Muppets who are always yelling down at, at the Muppets. Is that the guy that liked his own tweet also? Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> he said, I hate my coach, said 1966 Michigan State. Um, I looked that stuff up, and uh, they beat number nine Purdue 
41 to 20 and tied in their bowl game number one Notre Dame and didn't share a national championship that year. That's that's kind of crazy. Uh, so that's some of the ones that we had. So what are some snubs that you three want to reckon? Those of you who are out there who are contributors to Wikipedia, I mean, this is official stuff. So you get on those team sites. Maybe we'll make a graphic for it, and we'll t send it out to those different schools and, uh, and make it an official thing. But I want to see on Wikipedia the S2 National Championship because uh, this is more legit than, than those ones, in my opinion. All right, so I'm going to start off with the 2000 Miami Hurricanes. Okay. Now, the original national championship setup was OU defeated Florida State 13-2. to 13-2. Now, again, I was only Good like game. nine, so I don't really remember this. The, the safety came at the very end. Yeah, they shouldn't have even gotten yeah, two. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah, that. So there's, <laughs> there's really three options. Florida State obviously being the one. Florida State came in 11-1. or 11-1. They lost to number seven Miami. Head-to-head -head matchup makes perfect sense to me. Makes a lot. Uh, they beat number 21 NC State, number 10, Clemson, and then number four, Florida. Again, strong schedule. Uh, OU is going to automatically be in, be in because they beat number 11, Texas. Number two, Kansas State. Number one, Nebraska. Number 23, Texas A&M. And number eight, Kansas State in the Big 12 Championship. So that's pretty – they're going to get in no matter what. Uh, Miami, though, is my pick uh, to at least make it to that game. I don't know if they beat Oklahoma, but in hindsight, with their look at their roster, I think they would definitely do it. Uh, they came in 10-1. and one. They lost to number 15, Washington, who is the other uh, choice potentially for the 2000 BCS championship. Um, but they beat number one, Florida State, and then they beat number two, Virginia Tech at the wow. time. And so their roster at this time can, uh, contained Andre Johnson, Santana Moss, Clinton Portis, Reggie Wayne, Jeremy Shockey, Ed Reed, Chris Campbell. That's pretty Solid. stacked. Yeah, well, and I don't know how this is going to work, but I would say, like, they – were one of the greatest teams ever the next yes. year. So this team yeah. did get their national yeah. championship. Yeah. Where I think some of the other ones, this was kind of their one and only shot. And that's a good and that's a good point. And that's why I think maybe Washington makes it too. Uh, they end up beating number four Miami at the time. They did lose number twenty Oregon, and then they beat a twenty three Oregon State at the time. But just look at that roster and it being hindsight. Uh, but I think the reason why I picked this year more than anything is because something changed, and that's why I kind of focus on what changed because someone got left out. So at this point, uh, they put in a quality win measurement. And so it wasn't just because you didn't lose. It wasn't just because you lost to the number two team or whatever. It's about more who you beat than who you lost to. And so uh, just the effect that that had on the next year's teams and the next year's ratings and things like that, I thought that was a good place to start. All right. Good stuff. Well, I'd like to present to you guys the uh, 2006-2007 Sing Second National Champions, Boise State. Now, I actually am probably not arguing that they're the national champions. Was that Bruce Gadowski? But they the should have been. No, it wasn't. Oh. His name was Jared Zabransky. Oh, Zabransky. So let me tell you about Boise State in 0607. They were the WAC champions with a 12-0 regular season. Um, they were a BCS outsider who got into the Fiesta Bowl versus Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma starting running back Adrian Peterson. Um, the good. only recognizable NFL name that I could find on Boise's roster that year, Orlando Skandrick. Wow. 
I recognize the name. Couldn't tell you what what NFL team he played for. The old Cowboys. Um, Their quarterback was Jared Zabransky. Not Bruce Kodowski, Jared Zabransky. Their running back. Uh, Ian, Johnson. Ian Johnson. Ian Johnson. Proposed his girlfriend yeah. after the game. Oh, that was going to be my next oh, statement. So yeah. Great sports moment. Um, he wasn't actually planning on proposing right at that moment, but the cameras were on him, and, and so he went for it. And then uh, I think was she that said yes. Quote from him? Yeah. So, him real quick, and you might be getting to this. Who won it that year? Uh, it was Florida. Florida over Ohio State. So, oh, yeah. So. I'll be getting to that. Okay. Yeah. Just one of the greatest teams. I, I believe that Boise State ended ended the uh, the season ranked fifth. So here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm going to strip the title from Urban Meyer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he cheated anyway. Yeah. Tim Tebow was a freshman. I don't, I don't think it was quite the best team ever yet. Um, I think that was to come. Who, who is he splitting time with that quarterback? Chris Leak. Chris, Chris, Chris Leak. Yeah. So he came in just to run the ball a little bit, as Tim, Tim Tebow does. So it's – Pretty much fact by now that both Urban Meyer and Tim and Tim Tebow are frauds. Whoa! How's Tim Tebow a fraud? Well, how did his career go in, in the, the NFL? You mean the greatest college football player ever? Yeah, but last Denver Bronco uh, playoff game wasn't it? Didn't he win? Well, no, I, I mean, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl, That's but I blocked that out. He's, yeah, he's, he's a Colt. What would Mets fans say about Tim Tebow? Kind of a fraud. He's, um, he's potential. What, is, is this a minor league baseball podcast? Guys. It's a college football podcast. At least it's not soccer this time. He's hey, the <laughs> greatest college football player ever. We're not to the comment section yet. <laughs> Just let me tell you my, my solution here to the 2006-2007 season. So we're stripping the title from Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow because they're frauds. Um, however, Ohio State still loses in that game to Florida giving them one loss on the season, who's the only undefeated team left? Boise State. Yep. So, undefeated Boise State, our national champions. Um, They had a first-year head coach that year. Anybody know their first-year head coach? Chris Peterson. That was Chris Peterson. Tell me about Chris Peterson uh, this year. What did he do at the end of the year? He won. He won his bowl game. He won. Against Boise State. Against Boise State, yeah. Rode off into the sunset. Guess what Chris Peterson can now enjoy in his retirement? A national champion. Being a national champion. Yeah, good for him. Good for Congratulations him. to the 06-07 Boise State team on your national championship. And know anything about Ohio State that year? Because that's what, like, Troy Smith as a quarterback yeah. or something like that? Yeah. And, and I won't be taking any questions or comments <laughs> on this. Um, it's just done. That's what we did here. Sing I second. Like I like it. I Kyle, really you got it. any uh, snubs? Well, I do, and I'm not talking about the game, but talk about, like, greatest high for a team to, like, biggest low. Do you guys remember the very first play of that game was a Ted Ginn Jr. kickoff return for a touchdown? And he ended up celebrating, rolled his ankle, and he wasn't ever (laughs) the same guy in the game since. But they're sitting on top of the world. That was, was like, the first year, and it's going to kind of lead into one of my picks here in a second, but – this starts the SEC reign of mm-hmm. national championship for like seven straight mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And it wasn't even supposed to happen. Like Florida got in just by the skin of their teeth because they wanted another Flor- uh, Ohio State-Michigan matchup because yeah. that, was, yeah. that was a really great game for the Big Ten as before they had the, the championship game. And Ohio State-Michigan was number one and number two. Yeah. And all the way leading up to it, they thought the, that Florida was – 
didn't deserve to be in. It should have been a rematch. And then even after that first touchdown by Ted Ginn, people were saying, oh, this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a blowout. It should have been Michigan. And then uh, it didn't end up being a blowout for Florida, but they won pretty comfortably. Yeah. And, and Troy Smith didn't ever really have much going for him in that game. But Unfortunately, um, their national title just got stripped. Yeah, unfortunately, it's I think the only ring that Boise wow. State deserved was the one that Ian Johnson got. I mean – the trick plays in that game yeah. were amazing. And it, to it be was, honest, the only reason I picked that is when Brandon asked us about this topic, the only thing that came into my head, because I don't have a deep uh, you know, knowledge of history of college football, was my thought was, didn't Boise State have a really good year one year and beat Oklahoma in a, in a you know, significant bowl game, and then some dude proposed. I bought their documentary from that season because of that game. Yeah, YouTube, YouTube yeah. it. There's, so there's, good. It's, so it was a great game. And this did kind of start the whole idea of the kind of mid-major, that team that's always trying to get a little bit more respect. And the I TCUs guess, yeah, and I, I, I would venture to say that this kind of sets up UCF a couple of years ago. Oh, like, sure. without, without this Boise State run where – and then I think a couple of years later after this, they were actually up there in the top four and top five, and then they lost to Colin Kaepernick in Nevada and yeah. kind of lost any chance because they they had no freebie losses. They had to be undefeated and undefeated uh, impressively. But, uh, no, I guess I disagree, but thank you for your comments. No, yeah, you can disagree, but sorry, it's been decided. <laughs> Uh, I have a couple. One's going to be pretty quick. The other one I, I want to spend, I guess, a little bit more time just reading some things that I just found within the last 10 minutes. But the first one that popped into While Andy was talking? Yeah. The first one that popped into my head when we started talking about this was Auburn. And I honestly can't even remember what year it was, but there were three undefeated teams. And was that 07? Yeah. And I, just, I really kind of fell in love with their backfield because uh, Jason Campbell was their quarterback, who I was never really a huge fan of. But they kind of had a two-headed monster at running back, Cadillac Williams. Cadillac. Which, uh, Cardinal Williams. Was always one of my favorite players growing up just because they called him Cadillac. And then Ronnie Brown, who both had pretty successful uh, careers in the NFL. You could almost say between him and his coach, Ronnie Brown, kind of created the Wildcat because it was Ronnie Brown that ran it against the Patriots uh, when the Dolphins kind of brought that out. Uh, but I just – when I thought about this game, I really only wanted to say those three guys because I don't know anybody else that played. And I honestly couldn't even tell you who won the national championship that year. But that one just stands out to me because if we think about this right now, and we can even use this year for an example, like let's think that this was a BCS kind of system. They left the SEC team out, yeah. which if you think about this now with Brandon's uh, favorite commenter, uh, Paul Feinbaum. It would have been like an Oklahoma-USC matchup or something like that. I think it, it might have been one of the USC years. Uh, but it's, it was just crazy for me because this was, again, I just mentioned it, it was prior to the SEC run of yeah. seven straight national championships. And I just – I really felt like there was nobody that was going to stop that backfield because I they were either all juniors or all seniors. They were getting They were getting drafted that year. And they had three NFL guys in the backfield that they couldn't they, – I don't know if they could have stopped them. Uh, but the one that I really want to kind of spend some time on, uh, and it 
this is going to go back to, to Danny stripping Ohio State of the national championship or Florida, whatever, Florida with Urban Meyer. Uh, but I was thinking about, and again, I just thought about this a second ago, uh, the 2012 Ohio State Buckeye team. That was the team that couldn't go to a bowl game. It was actually Urban, Meyer, Urban Meyer's <laughs> first year at Ohio State. And uh, they ended up going undefeated, but because of Terrell Pryor and the tattoo gate, uh, they had to kind of forfeit any bowl game. They were, this was the, the year that the Nebraska Cornhuskers made it to the Big 12 championship, and Ohio State should have been there. But since they were banned, Wisconsin got in. Big so, 10? What did I say? Big 12. Big 10. Big 10. So um, I just kind of want to – and obviously they had stud players around the field too, but I just want to name a few guys that were on their staff as coaches. And then uh, for you college football fans out there, some of these names are going to sound pretty familiar. Urban Meyer was obviously the head coach first year there. Off- offensive coordinator, Tom Herman. He was their offensive coordinator, uh, head coach at Texas. Now he's, he's kind of been the go-to guy for a couple of different spots. All these guys kind of came in together. Uh, co-defensive coordinator, uh, Luke Fickle, which you can do with what you want with Luke mm-hmm. Fickle, but he had a good run as the Ohio State coach. Well, and good was, Cincinnati yeah, Cincinnati yeah. was good. And uh, if we kind of keep going down through, there's a few more guys that I wanted to mention, but for whatever reason I can't find them. Um, Mike Vrabel, I'm pretty sure, was on staff. The guy who – we had, we've been doing this for so long, I don't know if the Tennessee Titans beat the Patriots <laughs> or not. But Mike Vrabel is running probably one of the best NFL programs right now, mm-hmm. even though he's, he doesn't quite have the talent as some of the other teams. Uh, that's kind of the, the pedigree that they had on the coaching staff. And here it is. Yeah, it, it was Tom Herman, Luke Fickle, uh, Zach Smith, Mike Vrabel. <laughs> wow. Mike Vrabel is, is the defensive line coach. The guy's an NFL head coach now, and, and this, this college football team had him as a defensive line coach. Uh, and then if you just kind of think of their players, this was Braxton Miller, starting quarterback. Uh, just super dynamic, especially when he was younger. Um, he was kind of the first guy that stood out to me um, on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, they went undefeated. They kind of beat everybody that they were supposed to. Won in pretty convincing fashion. And and obviously, they didn't even have a chance to play in the Big Ten Championship, let alone the National Championship. But I do think if you were to look through that, um, the National Championship, that game, it's kind of hard for me to say that um, the result would have been any different. But I definitely think that Ohio State has a place in this National Championship because it was a one-loss Alabama Crimson Tide team and an undefeated Notre Dame Fighting Irish team. This was the Manti Teow game uh, where that kind of fell apart on him. Uh, at the end, but I, I don't know if Ohio State beats Alabama. They had Eddie Lacy, C.J. Mosley were the offensive and defensive players of the game, so I don't even know if I can reward them a national championship, but I can reward them a spot in the national championship because they were clearly better than the Notre Dame team that lost 42-14 to to Alabama. Yeah, that's a great matchup, and I totally forgot about the – you know, being on sanctions yeah. and that kind of stuff. That's I did crazy. too, and then it kind of crossed my mind. I was like, shoot, I know they either went undefeated or had one loss, wow. and if they had one loss, then I wouldn't have brought this up. But being undefeated and just well, saying you can't go for a couple of tattoos. And it would have been interesting, what would we have said about Notre Dame if Notre Dame got left yeah. out? Because they were undefeated, well, and Manti was such a big deal. And here's the thing, though. If Ohio State wins the Big Ten Championship, it's probably Ohio State – 
Notre and Dame. Notre Dame. In Alabama, your actual national champion actually gets lost, left out with their one loss. So that's kind of a – I guess I never even thought about that until now. That's You lose a national championship for Alabama that way and probably give one to Ohio State. Is that just the credence of an undefeated Notre Dame team, or is that would that have been a serious will leave out? Yeah, and at that point, Alabama hadn't, I don't think, really gotten to the – to the prestige that they have now that allows me yeah. to say that I think they're the fourth best That's team, kind of even the with their beginning their, of it. Wasn't yeah, it? because uh, the year after this was the infamous LSU Alabama rematch that after the <laughs> nine to six uh, exciting game, and then it went to I love that zero. first nine to six. Game. It, was, that it was, was that was an intense game, probably one of the most intense college football games I've ever yeah, seen. But what that second twenty one? It was twenty one nothing, or it was something to zero that got shut out, but. Uh, no, that that those are my two picks. That's great the, picks. The best for last. Well, I was going to say, in addition to that, Alabama holding their trophy now, Mante Teo, <laughs> which is how his girlfriend. <laughs> Jeez. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, There's a couple of comments in that segment that are below the belt. Brings back good memories. Good memories. <laughs> So uh, with my pick, um, I went back a little bit further because I was afraid I'd pick something that everybody else picked. Us young stuff. bucks would have picked. Yeah. So uh, you ready to step back into the old DeLorean with Doc Brown, are you? Let's go. All right. Jumping gigawatts. <laughs> where, where we're going, we don't need roads. All right. So here's what I to set you a little that's bit of. One, that's at least one movie <laughs> reference quote every gotta, episode I, so I gotta far. do it somewhere that's gonna be brandon's drinking game <laughs> so on whatever this, you got mountain I dew to, or... i want you to we're gonna go back here to uh november 2nd 1901 all right <laughs> nebraska cornhuskers just came off a crushing loss are they still the bug eaters at this time or uh, we... no they're the antelope but uh, we'll get to that i think in they moment. beat creighton prep in the regular uh, season <laughs> they lost to Shattered. wisconsin zero to 18 all right, so bet you were talking about Wisconsin always getting the best. Yeah, you know? it's been God dang it's 19, as old as time. Nineteen oh one, right at the turn of the century, that's where it all started. Well, okay, so that sucked. But then after that, in nineteen oh two, Nebraska didn't lose a game. In nineteen oh three, Nebraska didn't lose a game. In nineteen oh four, on October eighth, they lost zero to six at Colorado. So they went through this big chunk of time without losing a game. When I look at the schedule. On 1902, not only was Nebraska 10 and 0, they were unscored upon. Unscored upon. Shut out, shut out, shut out. Dang. 10 times. Yeah. Stifling. Before there was such a thing of a steel curtain, there was a steel curtain, but it was not called that yet. This was literally before there were things such as <laughs> yeah. steel curtains. It might not have even been windows. I don't know. I don't know how it worked back then. I don't know when those It was hard there. to import glass. <laughs> so I put on this thing. And to back the... in these days, like teams would, just, riders from the East would award national championships. East so, Coast bias? Yeah. I mean, I get mad a little bit when Lincoln considers Grand Island as far west you know so imagine that but on a grander scale and uh you know you're not getting any kind of credibility well nebraska ended up that year beating colorado minnesota and knox the k is silent and <laughs> the, the prairie fire i've actually played knox college <laughs> and they were so those were three rated teams at those times they're okay? division three now after that beating by nebraska well and these they blasted them to the stone age all right <laughs> 
So anyway, un they beat those three rated teams. So 1903, they, they went undefeated there. They gave up a couple scores here and there, but they also beat Haskell and Iowa, who were rated during those times as well. Ha Haskell? So the 1902 Nebraska Cornhuskers, some, if you, you know how they have, like, well, they played a team who played a team who played Yale, and Yale beat them, and maybe Yale beat them a little more. You know, it's like that. I heard it from a friend yeah. who heard it from – but you beat that team that Nebraska played, but by a little bit more. That's probably the way the words originally went to the song. But what I'm saying Kevin here Bacon. is nobody scored on Nebraska Cornhuskers. So uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers and uh, 1902 Nebraska football um, internet contributor of Wikipedia. Get that changed. Congratulations. Oh, and so by the, the way, Natty so champs? that was... Walter Booth on Antelope. They played on Antelope Field at the time. Their coach was Walter Booth. He was a heck of a goddamn football coach. Who? So who were the national champs in 1902? Uh, some say Yale. Some say Michigan. <laughs> we'll never know. When, but Sing second. But Sing second says the Nebraska Cornhuskers of 1902. That's a go, big red. That's, that's, go. that's a go. crazy. We're talking about Yale or Michigan. Yeah. Knox Prairie Fire. Chicago the Nebraska antelopes. Yeah, yeah, Nebraska antelopes, all that kind of stuff. So what a history lesson for that, the science now, guy. And this is going to be not football related. Let's get T-shirts for the 1902 national champions. Can I like you guys, it. Like it's it's hard for me. And again, I was born in in '89. It's hard for me to kind of picture like the '70s, where like the disco and and stuff like that. Like it's hard for me to kind of put myself back then. 1902 if you were to hop into the DeLorean like that's prior to two world wars yeah. like an airplane yeah just imagine and then they're playing a game of football obviously quite a bit different than we play Can't football throw a now probably, yeah. yeah but it, it's crazy to kind of just put yourself back there where they're playing the same game not with the same stakes or the same fervor as we do now but I was shocked they played that many games. Yeah. You know, when I was, I just went through yeah. their year by year history. I was like, geez, they played ten games. They were they were putting wow. hands in actual dirt. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> field turf there. No. Hands in dirt. Wow, that's just hard for me to believe. 1902, like they have bigger problems in the world than than I think we do now. Just like in terms of survival, just. This is before the Roaring Twenties or the Dirty Thirties. Yeah, we weren't even scared of communism yet. Yeah, I don't even know what we were worried about. Yeah, they're probably, no no joke. They're still worried about relations with Native American tribes. Just it's baffling to me that now we're 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 talking about a football game and. Uh, but glad to know we're national champions, yeah, Nebraska. Yeah, national champs. Let's let's for us. let's get a branded on Memorial Stadium. I'm I'm sick and tired of, and it's always. We got five national championships. Three of them are on the left side. Two of them are on the right side. Why? They're leaving place a place for that next no, one. No two. Turns Here we go. Now we gotta just shift <laughs> everything over. Turns out we've had that next one since 1902. Yep. They're gonna have to put in a maintenance request for <laughs> yeah. that. Well, according to my email, we have until January 19th. So there we have it. So congratulations to those teams being national champions. And with that said and done, it's time for some extra points. Extra points. I got one. I, 
I I want to go back because I'm a little upset about earlier when you guys said that Dabo wasn't Clemson. Dabo is Clemson. If you were to if you were, you know, five, ten, fifteen years from now, talk about uh, the dynasty of Clemson football, you'd think Dabo. He went to Alabama, yeah. He barely played. Um, he he grew up through that, <coughs> and he became he became the coach that he is now. And this is his program, and I don't think he's going anywhere. That's my extra point. I just think this has been one of the best podcasts. I know we're few and far between right now, but this has been fun. Talking about history of college football, talking about the craziness that is right now. I mean, this, is, this has been a fun one. Uh, my extra point is tomorrow I'm going to get to spend most of the day with my kid. And like I said, I've already gotten I've, – I've had to spend a lot of time away from him over the, over the holiday breaks, which is less than ideal. So uh, my wife has quite a bit to do, and so – my extra point is I get a little uh, daddy daddy day with uh, the new little Leo. So that's you, my extra point. You think his voice has changed since last time you saw him? <laughs> I think he's uh, I think he's almost driving a car. <laughs> so my extra point is something I'm going to be spending a little time pondering, and that is like if people are swimming really hard in a pool, like do they sweat while they're underwater? You know, it's kind of something that's been weighing a little heavily on my mind so that's why i'm gonna be working on so thanks for listening everybody and with that we're gonna shut it down happy new year bye